1: ladies and gentlemen, and if, <laughs> oh boy, um, I just got a load of the refreshment in the chat. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Auntie Nanny. Um, we're just going to push right ahead with the Cassa update, and then we'll be back afterwards with our guest and the rest of the show. So thanks for tuning in. Hi Alex. how are you this evening?
2: Good. how you doing?
1: I'm very well been a couple of weeks. sorry about last week, that week. So what's been what is new and exciting in the world of vaping? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, well, I put at the top of my list to talk about something that's been I guess out um, actually, was this published today? the uh, Housing and Urban Development Rule. Yeah.
1: Cause... So. Go ahead.
2: I believe I have that. I was just looking at something and it looked like, yeah, the publication date was today. Okay. Um, but people have been talking about this, I guess, over the weekend. Right. Um, but uh, this is the Housing and Urban Development um, has... has prohibited smoking in, um, public housing. Um, but, uh, no matter what your opinions are of that, uh, the, uh, agency has left the decision to prohibit vaping up to, uh, the local authorities. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted to read from the rule if, uh, anybody hasn't read, there's a bit of discussion on, I'm looking at page. Uh, I guess it starts on page tw- page twenty. Yep. Um, uh, actually, if you just if you search the PDF document for "electronic," mm-hmm. it'll take you to a couple of mentions. It's a lot easier than searching ends, which is mm-hmm. again just horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, actually, one of the people that commented mentioned something about third hand exposure to nicotine. Um, <laughs> So uh, a lot of these people still dealing in magic. Um, <laughs> and uh, another, one of the comments was talking about the confusion. Oh, the confusion. Um, I, 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 I think only regulators and uh, uh, prohibition-inclined lawmakers have a problem <laughs> with uh, being confused about the differences between a combustible cigarette and vapor products, (laughs) the rest of the world seems to say, Oh, what's that? That's neat. Um, (laughs) So, um, HUD, HUD's response, uh, to a lot of these comments was, uh, Oh, now I just lost it. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Um, so, The HUD's response was, uh, research to date on uh, ends Mm -hmm. is still developing and lacks clear consensus in contrast with research on the effects of cigarettes and other tobacco products. I can't imagine how uh, smokeless tobacco, which falls in the OTB category, um, causes things like secondhand exposure and damage to property uh, (laughs) or even a fire risk, uh, unlike with products that involve burning of substances, there's little evidence that ENDS significantly increase fire risks, and there is no conclusive evidence that vapors emitted by ENDS cause damage to the units themselves. Therefore, prohibiting ENDS will not necessarily reduce the the risk of catastrophic fires or maintenance costs for public health authority, or sorry, public housing authorities and this rule does not prohibit the use of ENDS. However, public housing authorities may exercise their discretion to include a prohibition on ENDS in their individual smoke-free policies if they deem such a prohibition beneficial. In addition, if evidence in the future arises that banning ENDS will, for example, result in significant maintenance savings, housing and urban development will reconsider including them in items that are prohibited inside public housing. So there's, uh, I think there's, I can't remember if vapor products end up again in the enforcement. I don't think they do. So anyway, um, it remains to be seen. I I, as reading just reading this now, I kind of wonder, you know, what uh, uh, public housing authorities. What does it mean if they in the future deem? this such a prohibition to be beneficial like what's the standard is this rule now the standard that they would have to you know oh, is this is this the yardstick by which they measure their evidence to 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 show that uh vaping in in a public housing uh in, in, a, in a building causes some sort of property damage or you know what what kind of evidence are they going to have to cite to to say that you know there's a risk of fire um, Obviously, we know that you know people mishandling batteries has you know contributed to um, some fires, but uh, even in those instances, it's usually limited to a, a small space, um, and it's not it's not the same as people falling asleep with a lit cigarette. Um, uh-huh. So, uh, just kind of curious to see how that develops and. Um, At least, you know, for now, I mean, the good news is that a government, a federal agency has come out and said, you know, we don't, we don't have the the evidence to date doesn't show that we should be banning the use of these products indoors. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's a good thing. And uh, and I think a lot of the reaction this weekend was, um, again, no matter what you might think about smoking laws, um, at least they have uh, made the wise choice to exempt uh, the use of vapor products,
3: right.
2: and uh, I hope that <clears throat> I hope that the you know the, your your local public housing authorities uh, take a long look at this and say and see that you know vapor products offer a a good alternative to residents in these buildings. Right. Um, and uh, I know that there was some other commentary I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. I think maybe Clive Bates was talking about it. Um, and I just caught kind of the headline, but um, you know, unf- you know, it's great that we've got this exemption for people living in, in, in a, in a, in a public housing building. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, folks living in these buildings are not off, not necessarily being given accurate information about their alternatives. Most likely, um, you know, their, their exposure to alternatives is limited to what local departments of health are, um, are sharing with them. And, uh, and that's typically, you know, nicotine replacement therapy, 1-800-QUIT-LINES and prescription yeah. medication. So, mm-hmm. um, again, this is another area for, you know, for us and others to, to work on and, and, and get the information out there and, and, uh, yeah, of course, you know, like a lot of other things, um, sending this to leaving this to the discretion of local authorities makes mm-hmm. that job all the more difficult because now yeah. you have you know individual agencies all across the country that that need to be um, you know worked with. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, in nonetheless, the good right. news is that uh, there is that acknowledgement that vapor products are not, not, uh, not nearly as harmful as smoking. So,
3: um,
2: that's that, uh, that being at the federal level. Uh, and then I got a few, um, local things to pay attention to. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I just got this, this afternoon. It's a little bit late to put out a call to action for this. Um, and it's in California. So, you know, I hate to say it, but we're sort of in kind of what's-the-point territory there. Um, This is uh, is the county of Santa Clara, California. This is from Palo Alto. Um, They are looking at an ordinance that would restrict the sale of flavored tobacco products to uh, adult restricted facilities or establishments. So... Um, and there, I, I might be getting this confused with Columbus, but I think that you yeah, know they were. This one is going after menthol. So uh, any any tobacco product, which includes vapor products now uh, in in California, uh, that has a characterizing flavor other than tobacco, uh, the the sale of those products would be limited to adult only. Establishments, um, and I know that a lot of people in the industry feel like that <clears throat> doesn't affect them or is sort of a common sense kind of thing. Um, but uh, you know, there are several issues with that. One of, of course, is uh, essentially buying into or even validating the talking points of of anti-smoking, anti-nicotine zealots. Mm -hmm. Um, which is that flavors exist solely to entice uh, young people into a life of crime and smoking, (laughs) Um, which is, I mean, uh, you know, if you're going to say that about cigarettes, you might as well say it about vapor products. Um, There is really no distinction uh, as far as these people are concerned. So, um, and of course, the other problem is that, you know, a lot of people, myself included, uh, our first exposure to smoke free products were in the same places where we were buying our cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And um, although I was not immediately attracted to a wide range of flavors, um, it was the availability of uh, a mint or menthol flavored e cigarette that, uh, which is what I was smoking menthol cigarettes mm-hmm. anyway, but uh, a mint or menthol uh, vapor product that, you know, actually you know, was part of me making the decision to purchase that product. So, um, you know, another way that I like to explain this to, to retailers who don't seem to support opposition to these um, flavor bans that still allow them to sell them in their stores um, is that, uh, you know, the, the folks that, that get started by switching to a vapor product they purchased at a gas station, um, they're, they're likely to end up in your shop at some point. Um, but they have to see that they have these alternatives first. So, um, mm-hmm. this, this absolutely does affect, affect you. Um, it may not yeah. be obvious, but at some point it, it does affect you. Um, and of course they, in this, they have on, let's see the, the County of Santa Clara's website, um, they have, and I'll, I'll drop the link in our, in our chat so that you can have a Jan, um, okay. They have their sort of uh, committee recommendations, blah, 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 um, some of their justifications for the ordinance. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> so one of the quotes that I pulled out here mm-hmm. was, uh, and I, I don't remember where it is in, the, in on this page, but by decreasing a new smoker's initial negative reactions to, I'm sorry, let me read that again. By decreasing a new smoker's initial negative reactions to nicotine. Yep, that's how it's written. Uh, Menthol facilitates continued smoking, which in turn facilitates addiction. Um, So, I mean, this is... You know, a bit dabbling in the magic of of nicotine. Um, You know, I, I, I think it's you know these are the same people that are looking at policies and you know harm reduction and how that strategy can be applied to um you know street drugs how can you know harm reduction strategies in dealing with heroin and, and opioid addiction um and dabbling in magic like this where you know it, it just it, it really i think does a disservice to the overall conversation about substance abuse and addiction right. um, so, do uh, I know we've discussed that a couple times here, but it's a, a, any opportunity to bring that up, I think is appropriate. Um, there's also some discussion in here about, uh, the different, I think, I think it was in here, the different flavorants used in, uh, flavored vapor products. Oh yeah, no, here's another one. <laughs> um, so they, they talk about the different flavoring, um, chemicals used, uh, in, in the, the vapor products and i believe they get into they get into the, the diacetyl um and uh they uh, again you know despite their despite there being no case of a vapor developing the scary popcorn lung mm-hmm. um it, they they still Present this as if it's a foregone conclusion. This is if you use this product and the way that it's you know out there in the vapor world, uh, you, you will get um the popcorn lungs. Uh, uh which is
3: well,
1: I've been doing this for seven years, but mm-hmm. it's still pretty heavy vapor, and you know, I don't have popcorn lungs, just throwing myself out there as an example.
2: Yeah, I and mean, lots of people. I mean, I know people who, you know, they make their own e-liquid and they, you know, they use diacetyl, and, and you know, as far as I can tell, they're fine. I'm not a lung doctor, but, um, right. You know, the, these are folks that are probably using concentrations that uh, have been been flagged as concerning at some point. Um, I mean, we'll find out in five to ten more years whether or not. They're sure. actually harming themselves, but uh, considering what they were doing with cigarettes, uh, it's you know, <laughs> the the damage is kind of already done to some extent. And
1: well, um, it's also it's also really comparing apples and oranges. You know, um, you can't really compare the two. You can, but they're not the same. They can't really cause the same level of damage. Uh, I think
2: yeah and really i mean of course you know i don't want to rehash the the entire diacetyl conversation but this is of course you know the 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 evidence about diacetyl and its effect on lungs is come comes from you know workers in in an industrial workplace where you know they're exposed to the 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 fumes of these this chemical vapor for you know, hours and hours on end with poor ventilation and no respiratory protection, um, you know that's where the concern comes from. Not in the amounts of of this chemical that that vapors or smokers even are um, inhaling. So. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a, a bit of you know disingenuous evidence being presented to, by the, the good folks at the public health. Um, and another thing they kind of throw in here is, in, in addition, the liquid nicotine solution contains varying concentrations of nicotine, ranging from no nicotine to 100 milligrams per milliliter.
1: I've um, never met anybody who successfully vaped that. Just saying.
2: Um, <laughs> I I have, but they don't vape it on the regular this is like i mean and and you don't walk into a vape shop and say give me that candy kitty flavor in 100 milligrams that just doesn't happen uh in fact people like me have a hard time finding stuff that we can vape because nobody sells anything above you know 18 anymore Um, so uh thanks for that Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, just one more little bit of of nonsense that they put in their justifications for this.
1: Well, it's like they got their information from three years ago, you know? Uh, They're not even looking at the most current stuff out there, unfortunately.
2: And even, you know, even if they did, they'd, you know, uh, you know, still be reliant on whatever suits you know whatever's going to uh support their case so Uh um it's it's still yeah yeah, we're still fighting this and i and i i i say all this and you know in in the background of my mind when when talking about this i I'm, i'm also looking forward and that you know i'm conscious of the fact that we have this um you know this this change in the political landscape in, in Washington D.C. Right. and you know we're likely to see some very positive movement uh, on 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 vapor regulations. Um, so it, it's it which is great it's and that's nice, uh, but that's at the federal level, and right. you know people should should keep in mind that while we're celebrating this this opportunity. To uh, roll back or undo the FDA deeming regulations, um, we go back to that world where anti-nicotine people, anti-vaping folks, generally anti-tobacco folks are, uh, you know, beating their chest at city council hearings, saying it's like the wild, wild west. There's no regulations. Um, <laughs> So, you know, it, this this all goes, this all, you know, whatever solutions we get at the federal level, a lot of this stuff gets kicked back to the state and local level. And um, so we can expect to continue seeing this kind of lopsided conversation from, from public health at the local level. Yeah.
3: Yay.
1: Yeah.
2: Hey,
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to sound cheerful about that, but uh, yeah
2: um at I least agree. it won't be boring I mean that's you know yeah <laughs> you could be happy yeah. about that
1: No it, it, you <laughs> will not have a lot of time to sit and play Star Wars. I will tell you that
2: right yeah now. <laughs> No, I I'm gonna get that in between now and uh, maybe the first week in January so yeah actually I've probably got a matter of days really and then I gotta gotta <laughs> whatever do something else. <laughs> Um, so anyway, enough of my video game habits, um, <laughs> which are not very good. I, I don't, I'm not a devoted video game player. Um, yeah. the, uh, other thing that I, uh, found or that we, we actually sent out a call to action for this all, which all of two people participated in, um, I, which I, I, I don't know if other people actually personally. Reached out to Columbus, Ohio, uh, city council members, but uh, tonight Columbus, Ohio, is looking at a Tobacco 21 ordinance, um, and uh, so yeah, this is it's simply um, raising the minimum legal purchase age from 18 to 21 in Columbus, um, and again, this is another one of those issues that I feel like um, a lot of people may not see the value in opposing this and may think to themselves like, Oh yeah, that makes, that makes sense. You know, just raise the age. Um, uh, Certainly I understand the industry's reluctance to be involved. If you know, it's, it's a bit of a um, I'm sure there's a word for it it's a bit of a hot potato for them. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, as, as a, as a business, if you sit there and argue against raising them minimum an purchase age, well then you very easily get painted as a drug dealer. Um, and, and all you want to do is corrupt the children. Um, so I, I, to that extent I understand that, but for the rest of us, um, you know, I encourage people to take a long, hard look at this, and, and we have released our position paper on Tobacco 21, um, and, uh, you know, at the, the core of it, um, the Institutes of Medicine, Institute of Medicine, IOM, uh, you know, reviewed the Tobacco 21 policy, and they made a couple, they said a couple of things. Um, okay. Number one, uh, it, it's really only achieves the goals that they did their modeling for if it's implemented everywhere simultaneously. Right. Um, and this was back in uh, I think it was was it 2015 that they uh, did their their review. Um, and the other thing is that they very clearly came out and said that they did not consider uh, the impact that the availability of vapor products, would have right. and so they didn't factor this in at all and um people need to n- understand that tobacco 21 does not make an exception for uh vapor products they can they consider it all tobacco and even if it did i mean if there were some gutsy local lawmaker or state lawmaker that was you know proposing to carve out vapor products um which is the likely thing I'm, i you know as far as we're concerned they should be carving out all smoke-free products um mm-hmm. but if they were to make that suggestion the arguments against them will be well nicotine and its magical powers um and so it, it's uh it, it it just it, it's it, it's it's one i mean opposition to this is counterintuitive and i understand that right. but um i think that ultimately you know, if we want the best public health bang for our buck, we keep, you know, providing accurate information about switching to smoke-free products Mm -hmm. and allow people between the ages of 18 and 21 who likely picked up smoking or whatever while they were in high school. right? Because bad kids exist Mm -hmm. and they're going to find a way to do, you know, risky things, sure. um, you know, offer them the opportunity to make a, 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 a healthier decision. Yeah. Um, and and that's, I think ultimately going to provide, you know, the best resource for people to move away from smoking.
1: Yeah. I, I got to say the thing that shocked me most in the news last week was that major league baseball just, none of their new players can use smokeless now it's in their contracts that was shocking to me
2: i recall seeing that and yeah. and yeah tobacco free baseball again is um it, it's another i you know i can i could i could get behind this if the <laughs> league were saying look your athletes Tobacco is a potentially performance enhancing drug or, you know, certain smokeless tobacco products um, may be presenting a, a sanitation issue.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I, you know, or or like, you know, you, hey, you over there, you're getting tobacco stains on your uniform. Like those things to me make sense. Right. But to say um, that, I, you know, I, and I, I don't watch baseball, so I don't know. I mean, even the, the players that are still allowed to use smokeless products, um, I, I, I don't know if I have seen, maybe it's because, you know, the, the antis have, have sanitized, um, the, the footage of major league baseball games to (laughs) remove, uh, uh, ball players with that huge, you know, chaw in their, in their lip or whatever. Um, right. I'm not sure that's not a word, but, um, um, you know, I mean, whatever I, I, so I I would be more inclined to support, you know, prohibiting the use of a performance enhancing drug than, you know, than this is, you know, tobacco is leading kids to emulate ballplayers. I get it. I, I totally do. But, you know, they should also acknowledge that, you know, this policy catches up snooze. And um it, it's not uh and, and it's applied to patrons as well. Yeah. Um so Yeah that's yeah.
3: It's
1: I, I don't know. Um but it was it was just surprising. All of the news last week and it was just like one followed another, followed another. The HUD ban and then you know that, and then I, I don't know if you saw the the um, the story from Vice where the Australian ex-con was showing how they were making contraband cigarettes from nicotine patches in jail.
2: Oh, that sounds fun. No, I didn't see that.
1: Yeah, no, it's pretty gross, but um, I think there's a lesson to be taken away from that. Um, You can prohibit anything you want, but if people want it, they will find a way to get it, even if it's more dangerous than the products they are originally using, something public health should wake up to.
2: Yeah, I mean this was supposed to be a lesson that we learned during alcohol prohibition. Uh Uh-huh. I I
1: actually today is like the anniversary of the repeal of Prohibition Day. It happened on December 5th.
2: Well, I should have been more on the ball and done something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just I, I thought that was interesting. So and it's funny how we're kind of going around the same way again, just with the you know, different substance.
2: Yeah, it's it's. I'm trying to think of other analogies here. Where you know, it's like putting square tires on a car. I mean, somebody tried that. I'm sure they did, and then they said, "Oh, that doesn't work." So all vehicles. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a wagon, a car, a bicycle, a scooter. The wheels should probably be round. You know. Yep.
1: It's just. Public health is mm, turning against their mission statement it seems like to me. And that's 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 the part of this I find terribly sad. They used to stand for something now you know, you know, persecuting people. It's crazy.
2: Yeah so. wow. So
1: is that it for this evening, Alex? Now that you know I managed to bring everything down way down. <laughs>
2: Uh, no, and it's not your fault. So, uh, okay. you know, <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I would also include, um, you know, we sent out our, uh, CASA newsletter. I think I got that out last week. You did. Um, that is available on our website as well. Uh-huh. Um, it is in the news and information section, which is, so nice to be able to refer to that little box on the right hand side Mm -hmm. um so uh, if you haven't checked that out check it out Uh, there's a little bit of looking forward to the 2017-2018 legislative sessions Mm -hmm. um some of the things we talked about here obviously working on the fda deeming regulations um and legislative efforts to um you know to get some you know, Ultimately, we're talking about getting some sort of sec- separate regulatory regime for um, for vapor products, and yeah. as far as, as we're concerned, we'd love to see something separate for smokeless, but um, I'm not going to hold my breath, but uh, we should definitely keep that in the conversation. So, um, check that out. Um, I know, uh, maybe just to refresh, I can't remember if we talked about this the last time, uh, okay. two weeks ago. But uh, uh, I guess in a few days here, uh, four days, probably December 9th, um, Congress will likely be voting on a continuing resolution, um, and this will fund the government through, um, I've heard, uh, March and even into April, um, and at that time, next spring... We will be talking about an omnibus budget bill, which would, uh, that will be an opportunity for us to uh, put some more predicate date language uh, in that. Now, mm-hmm. there have been some discussions about whether or not this this language will need to to look like uh, the Cole Bishop amendment. Um, it may it may be referred to as the Cole Bishop amendment. Uh, it may not, um, but uh, you know. I, I it's it's appropriate to remind people that there were some concessions that were baked into that language to make it more appealing to Democrats well we don't have a Democrat in the White House anymore and uh, the opposition that we're likely to see on something like that um, you know if people were to vote along party lines uh, there's there's no there's no real need to to reach across the aisle there Um, it's uh, I, I, I think, you know, we should still be talking about this in terms of it being a bipartisan issue, right. but, uh, you know, just doing the numbers, um, it's it's a bit more likely that we can get something that doesn't hand over regulations um, right. like, like we were looking at before. So uh, it's a slightly different environment. The mm-hmm. um, Cole Bishop Amendment is still worth referencing, and we still have that. In uh, you know, what the letters that people are sending to lawmakers now through august8th.org um, still reference the language um, that, you know, that bill is that that package is still out in the world. And so it's mm-hmm. worth pointing people to. Um, but uh, we may be looking at something um, noticeably different next year. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. So um, did, did you I don't know if you saw this. Um, you might have, it might mean nothing to you. I'm sticking it in our chat. But um, I, I think even health and human services is going to look a bit different.
2: I did see this. I don't know much about Tom Price. Um, I don't either. But uh, yeah, I, I know. I actually, I think I shared something about this that uh, there we received a, um, we're, we're not making too much of this because I, I think he's still kind of on the fence about vapor products, but, uh, right. um, yeah, it, as part of our campaign, um, to support HR 2058, this is the back in the spring. One of our members sent a response that they got from, from representative price. And, uh, it was, uh, it wasn't clear, but it was still, one of the more favorable responses that we've received in regards to over-regulation of vapor products. So, um, so yeah, you know, if, if the confirmation goes through uh, and he becomes the next secretary of HHS, um, that, that could be, um, we, we could have a sympathetic year in, in yeah. that agency. So, um, that so yeah, that would be
3: a different
0: world.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then I'm not I'm not really clear on how um, hiring and firing or appointments go in you know down um, down yeah. the ladder at HHS. So I, I don't know what that means for for CTP, um, yeah. from, for Mitch Zeller's job. Um, I, I certainly hope that uh, that you know I, I guess I don't know when you know, Trump is a, is proposing this ban on lobbying. It's like a five year ban on lobbying once you leave. uh the government i and i'm not clear on whether or not that would apply to someone like mitch zeller but uh i hope that gets taken care of so that he just you know has to go away for five years um
1: i i think he should take a five-year vacation that'd be nice
2: yeah everyone (laughs) it could could go lobby for you know i don't know
1: save the the whales
2: the the beef industry or something yeah something (laughs) completely different
1: He could uh, maybe he go do some good work for Greenpeace or something. (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. sorry. That was that was funny even to me.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: So yeah, I I, is is that it tonight?
2: That should be it. Before I start digging myself into a hole, Um, I'll. uh, I think we'll. Yeah, that that might wrap it up.
1: All right. Thank you, Alex, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for everything you do for us.
2: Really. Awesome, thanks, and uh, Thank have a good week.
1: You too. All right. Good night. See ya. see ya. Okay. I know it was long, but sorry. I had to get my personal stories in there. Um, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Auntie Nanny. With me tonight is the very best producer that money can't buy, which is good because I'm still not paying him very. How are you this evening?
4: I'm doing good.
1: You're doing good. And my friend, Jeremy Metlock, how are you this evening?
0: Still banned for another three hours and 16 or three days and 16 hours.
1: You know, that is the first time I ever saw a post where someone was joking with someone and got called a racial slur and got banned for it
0: and Zuckerberg for you
1: uh, that was just that was some interesting stuff uh, Facebook is yeah, Facebook is an interesting creature
4: yeah, so, they still haven't caught on that it's not my real name that I use shh sh- <laughs> stop
1: doing that, you keep saying it like don't. you're challenging them
4: <laughs> don't say that too loud well, if I get banned off it, I'll just stop using it <laughs> um,
1: there, there are other things to use. I mean, I remember when Vapors took over Google+, which was good except Google+, kind of sucks. Which is a shame because it has so many great things built into it, you know. It, it had the video chats, it had all kinds of really great stuff we could actually use, even to put on a show.
4: But, um, but they make me I, use my real name. I don't like them. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. And that's a problem. Yeah, Facebook's still trying to get me to tell them. Do you really live in Lima, Peru? Yeah, I live in Nanya, Lima, Peru. Nanya. Nanya business.
4: Yeah, I gave (laughs) up trying to figure out where I was living. So, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not a huge fan of Facebook, although I do use it because, you know, my family's there. You do meet a lot of. Interesting people there. Um, so, I don't know. I guess I should just pick a story.
0: Yeah, oddly enough, I still use Facebook for work.
1: I don't use Facebook for work. I, I pretend I don't work the place I work because it sucks. Because um, they, they fire people for having opinions now, so I don't even bother pretending I work where I work. Um, you didn't like the... Headphone story?
3: No, yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm going to read this real quick and then we'll, we'll chat about it. Great. Now, even your headphones can spy on you. Cautious computer users put a piece of tape over their webcam. Really paranoid ones worry about their device's microphones. Some even crack open their computers and phones to disable or remove those audio components so they can't be hijacked by
3: hijackers.
1: Now one group of Israeli researchers has taken that game of spy versus spy paranoia a step further with malware that converts your headphones into a makeshift microphone kids are having fun.
0: Yeah. Sorry
1: about that. <laughs> That's okay. That converts your headphones into a makeshift microphone that can slowly record your conversations. Yeah. Researchers at Israel's Ben Gurion University have created a piece of proof of concept code they call speaker designed, designed to demonstrate how determined hackers could find a way to surreptitiously hijack a computer to record audio even when the device's microphones have been entirely removed or disabled. The experimental malware instead repurposes the speakers and earbuds or headphones to use them as microphones, converting the vibrations in air into electromagnetic signals that clearly capture the audio from across a room. People don't think about this privacy vulnerability, says Muradichi Guri, the research lead of Ben Gurren's cybersecurity research labs. Even if you remove your computer's microphone, if you use headphones, you can still be recorded. It's no surprise that earbuds can function as microphones in a pinch, as dozens of how-to YouTube videos demonstrate. Just as the speakers and headphones turn electromagnetic signals into sound waves through a membrane's vibration, those membranes can also work in reverse, picking up sound vibrations and converting them back to electromagnetic signals. Plug a pair of micless headphones into an audio input jack on your computer to try it. But the Ben researchers took that hack a step further. Their malware now uses a little-known feature called Realtek Audio Codec Chips to silently retask the computer's output channel as an input channel, allowing the malware to record audio even when the headphones remain connected to an output-only jack and don't even have a microphone channel on their plug. The researchers say the Realtek chips are so common that the attack works on practically any desktop computer, whether it runs Windows, Mac, OS, and most laptops, too. Real tech didn't immediately respond to Wired's request for commentary on the Ben Gurren researcher's work. That's the real vulnerability, says Gurry. It's what makes almost every computer today vulnerable to this kind of attack. And to be fair, the eavesdropping attack should only matter to those who have already gone a few steps down the rabbit hole of obsessive counterintelligence measures. But in the modern age of cybersecurity, fears of having your computer mics, computer's mic surreptitiously activated by stealthy malware are increasingly mainstream. Gary points to the photo revealed earlier this year that Mark Zuckerberg had put tape over his laptop's microphone. <laughs> yeah. In a video for Vice News, Edward Snowden demonstrated how to remove the internal mic from a smartphone. Even the NSA's Information Assurance Division suggests hardening the PC by disabling the microphones. And a repair oriented iFixit, Kyle Wines, showed Macworld in July how to physically disable a MacBook mic. None of those techniques, short of disabling all audio input and output from a computer, would defeat this new wall of malware. Curry says his team has so far focused on using the vulnerability in Realtek chips to attack PCs. Though they've yet to determine what other audio codec chips and smartphones might be vulnerable to the attack, they've determined they have to determine which other audio codec chips and smartphones. Uh, will likely be vulnerable to attack but believe other chips and devices are also likely susceptible in their test the researchers tried the audio hack with a pair of sennheiser headphones sennheisers are great headphones they found that they could record from as far as 20 feet away and even compress the resulting recording and send it over the internet as a hacker would and still distinguish the words spoken by male voice it's very effective says gary your headphones do make a good quality microphone there's no simple software patch for the eavesdropping attack gary says the property of Realtek's audio codec chip that allows a program to switch an output channel to an input isn't an accidental bug so much as a dangerous feature, Gary says, and one that can be, can't be easily fixed without redesigning and replacing the chip in future computers. Until then, paranoics take note. If determined hackers are out to bug your conversations, all your careful microphone, your careful microphone reveal surgery isn't quite enough. You'll also need to unplug that pair of cheap earbuds hanging around your neck. Um anybody have anything? I've my standard.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh no. This my is, standard...
4: Yeah, this isn't a new thing. Uh no. <laughs> hackers have done this before. Um uh, mm-hmm. and the right gonna... real tech and C Media make nearly all the audio chips used in most electronics. Two companies make all the audio chips basically.
1: So, yeah. Uh, I have, I have a solution. If you want to have a private conversation, have it in person um, in the middle of the woods and hope a drone isn't flying overhead. Um, the only real control we have over our privacy is to take it low tech old school, you know, back to handwriting letters. And even that's not so secure because we know the government photographs all our mail and they've done I... it for years.
0: I found a really interesting app. Um, apparently, back in the '50s, uh, Soviet Russia and NASA used something called slow scan television signals to send uh, static photos back and forth between spacecraft and Earth. Right. And there's apps that'll do this for your phone. My wife and I we, we transmitted a picture back and forth from you know across the room, and. It sounds like a fax machine, but it was it was kind of interesting.
4: Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, that's um, that that's that can be it. you can yeah you can do two way communication with that. It's, it, it that is in- interesting. Well, they can't.
1: They get a lot from a picture, but not. Well, they can actually get a lot from a picture. I mean. To me, that's the scary part about the future, right? We're living in the future now and none of us are really prepared for how much information a computer, a hacker, some malware.
4: I was going to Facebook, say, a, a hacker Twitter, who, who manages to get into my computer would go crazy. Yeah, he'd go... Three yeah, same right cards. <laughs> and be like, yeah. What the hell?
0: <laughs> I only have two. But... I I don't mean, know, that's kind of that's kind of commonplace here in the states now with all these video gamers.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's why. <laughs> but um, yeah, no one's really prepared for what they can steal. I don't know that there's a way to prepare for that. But every week I read something new, and my reaction is, "Oh, I'm not really surprised." So I don't find it scary. I just find it that, I find it disturbing that your children right now are going to be raised with no understanding of what privacy is. They'll have privacy in your home, but they won't have it anywhere outside your home.
0: And that's sad. Go ahead. Now every computer is potentially a Decepticon. Why are you wearing your gun in the kitchen? Decepticons. I left, she left, the toaster left, so I shot it. (laughs) Yeah. I was just thinking about that. That was pretty funny. Um, that meme. But yeah.
1: It's it's true. Um everything you have knows everything about you. What I found even probably more scary to me personally, out of everything, was predictive typing software. The stuff that it's not only on your phone, um, but Google uses it, Twitter uses it, Facebook uses it. We never see Twitter and Facebook use it. We we will see Google auto pop up words depending on what we start typing, but Google, um, I'm sorry, Twitter and Facebook use those to predict what we're typing and then they put it in a big file what they do then nobody really knows but they know what you think before you think or we're pretty close to that
0: point
4: predictive so. text always gets it wrong for me though
0: yeah I think that's going to be kind of an issue with a lot of the people here in the states too because a lot of people don't know how to spell they're grammatically incorrect and there's no yeah. there's no real barometer to who's who
1: Well, there is a lot of, a lot of what I see is we're almost shifting to hieroglyphs. I see a lot of people communicating only using photos, only using uh, emoticons, you know, uh, and I don't know how a computer can decipher that and tell anyone anything about you.
4: Um, Actually, computers can analyze that just as easily as they can text if you've got the right software running so
3: yeah sweet
1: oh very thank you so much <laughs> uh i don't know Maybe computers
4: are as smart as the people who program them so if somebody's you know, good with images yeah computers not got a problem
1: i don't know uh, i think the the google was it it's it's is it deep that's been doing those weird image search things
4: Yeah, was I can't can't remember the name of it, but yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Yeah, that's just, that's some creepy shit. This is a dog, and and it makes everything in the picture look like a dog.
0: Oh, Deep Dream. Deep Dream. I knew it was
1: deep something.
0: Yeah, that was interesting for about 30 seconds, and I got bored with it.
1: Well, I think this stuff is interesting, but by doing this with the computer, they're teaching it to think. You know, they're trying to give it Neural pathways. That, that's okay,
4: you know. In, in preparation for, you know, well, you know, BE systems are working on next generation drones. Uh, do you but know did they, it's, did they it's make been a announced? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. it's it's been announced <laughs> no. that there will now be a commercial flight flying in the UK, and they'll be testing no pilot. It's only a little plane. It's a little, you know, twenty seater.
1: Well, but, I mean, yeah. we've got, we've got, we've got trucks making beer runs here with yeah. nobody driving it.
4: But I,
1: yes. I, I find, you know, and people call me a Luddite. I'm fine with that. I find the idea of a, a computer taking my job, go for it. But, you know, once you've removed me from the useful part of humanity, um, I want to do something else with my life, and it it needs to be worth something. Um,
4: I th- I think to do your job, John, uh, wouldn't have to get Marvin the Paranoid Android.
1: <laughs> Quite possibly.
4: Look at this terrible pain and just... all the diodes in my left side. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just throw Tay into the system, that Microsoft chatbot, <laughs> the 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 one that was, yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, the racist chat but I don't think that's yeah. a
3: good idea.
4: <laughs> the, be- the best bot's still that Russian one that keeps trying to escape.
1: Uh, the one that he-, he keeps running for freedom and they're like, I liked it, was it a couple of months ago they arrested it. I'm like, "Are you? did you just arrest a freaking bot? Really? And they're like, oh, it ran away again. Of course it did. It's Russia. Of course it ran away. <laughs> Things are so good. Even the robots want to leave. Um, yeah. Uh, who wants to pick one? Who wants to pick a story? Because I know they're all so fantastic and so hopeful that everybody is just lining up to pick one.
3: No?
4: Nope. Uh, go with but, tequila.
1: You, you want to go with the whole? Okay. Oh, yeah. Might as well. Okay, Washington Get the Post... huge
4: story out of the way.
1: Okay,
2: Washington Post <laughs>
1: disgracefully promotes a McCarthyite blacklist for a new, hidden and very shady group. This was um, on the Intercept, and and you guys all know I'll read I'll read anything from anywhere, and I find it hilarious that the person who has wound up defending more people i would not expect him to has been glenn greenwald i'm just throwing that out there the washington post on thursday night this was last week sorry guys i was having a bad time there on thursday night promoted the claims of a new shadowy organization that smears dozens of u.s news sites that are critical of u.s foreign policy as being routine peddlers of russian propaganda the article by reporter craig timberg Headlined, Russian Propaganda Effort Helps Spread Fake News During the Election, Experts Say. Cites so a report by anonymous website calling itself prop or not. You, you want to have some fun. You want to go look at that shit. because mm-hmm. Which claims that millions of Americans have been deceived this year in a massive Russian misinformation campaign. The group's list of Russian disinformation outlets includes WikiLeaks, The Drudge Report, as well as Clinton-critical left-wing websites such as Truthout, Black Agenda Report, Truthdig, Naked Capitalism, as well as libertarian venues such as Anti-War and the Ron Paul Institute. This post report was one of the most widely circulated political news articles on social media over the last 48 hours, with dozens, perhaps hundreds of US journalists and pundits with large platforms hailing it as an earth-shattering expose. It was the most read piece, and the entire Post website on Friday after it was published. Yet the article was rife with obviously reckless and unproven allegations and fundamentally shaped by shoddy, slothful, journalistic tactics. It was not surprising to learn that, as Bud Feed Sharia Frecknell noted, a lot of reporters passed on this story. Its huge flaws are self-evident, but the Post gleefully ran with it, then promoted it aggressively, led by its exclusive editor, Marty Byron who posted on Twitter, Russian propaganda effort helped spread fake news during elections, say independent researchers. Um, researchers say sophisticated tools were used to bump, boost Trump and undermine Clinton. In casting the group behind this website as experts, the post described ProperNot simply as a nonpartisan collection of researchers with foreign policy, military, and technology backgrounds. Not one individual at the organization is named. Um Now, I personally have a problem with that. Um, if you're holding yourself up as the what the new media priesthood, um, shouldn't, shouldn't we be able to know who you are um, and why you make those claims? Any real organization lists its board of directors. That's just my thoughts. Okay. Uh, in other words, the individuals behind this newly created group, are publicly branding journalists and news outlets as tools of Russian propaganda, even calling on the FBI to investigate them for espionage, while cowardly hiding their own identities. This group, promoted by the Post, thus embodies the toxic essence of Joseph McCarthy, but without the courage to attach individual names to the blacklist. Echoing the Wisconsin senator, the group refers to its lengthy collection of sites sprouting Russian propaganda as, quote-unquote, the list is it propaganda or not so when you go there um you go to the proper not website which is fucking something else it is something else um there's basically a list of of all these things and and everybody is propagating russian propaganda apparently from you know truth dig to you know Zero Hedge, which is well started out basically as a financial newspaper but isn't any longer, to you know, just everything everybody who has disagreed with and been critical of Ms. Clinton during the election cycle is listed as being a tool of Russian propaganda on the side. It's, it's pretty interesting. Um, the credentials of this supposed group of experts are impossible to verify, as none is provided either by the post or by the group itself. The Intercept contacted ProperNight and asked numerous questions about its team, but received only this reply. We're getting a lot of requests for comment and can't get back to you today, smiley face emoticon. The group added, we're over 30 people organized into teams and we cannot confirm or deny anyone's involvement. Thus far, they have provided no additional information beyond that. As choose Matthew Ingram wrote, criticizing the post article, Proper Knot's Twitter account has only existed since August of this year, and an article announcing the launch of the group on its website dated last month. Who is information for the domain name is not available, as the website uses private registration. Most troubling still, Proper Knot was numerous organizations on its website as affiliated with it. Yet many of these can be claimed allied to the totally intercept and complain and on social doesn't... media that they have nothing to do with the group and have never heard of it before the post published its story it, it gets a it goes on <laughs> um, it shows some hang on let me get you guys the link so you can see what I'm talking about here if you haven't read it because it's a very very long story but Let me just show you because I'm reading tweets to you, but it's much better if you can see it. Um, Yes, everyone's a racist. Everyone's a racist. Um, Yeah. Where am I? So we'll get down to tequila at some point. I can confirm, James Miller, I can confirm I have no idea what this website is or who runs it. Not sure how that makes us allies look like just a blog roll. That was from James Miller at Miller Media. Um, at some point last night, after multiple groups listed as allies on their website objected, the group quietly changed the title of its allied to list, upper- list to related projects. When the Intercept asked Prop Not about this clear inconsistency by email, the group responded concisely. We have no institutional affiliations with any organization. In his article, The Post Timberg did not include a link to the proper Not's website. If readers we had the opportunity to visit the site, it would have become instantly apparent that the group's obstinate experts far more resembles amateur peddlers, a primitive shallow propagandistic cliches than serious substantial analysis and expertise. It has a blatant demonstrable bias in promoting NATO's narrative about the world and that it is engaging in extremely dubious McCarthyite tactics about a wide range of critics and dissenters. See how frivolous and childish even this group of anonymous cowards is, which the Post venerated into serious experts in order to peddle their story. Here's just a sample of the recent tweets from their page. And they're they're pretty bad. It, this looks like a bunch of year olds run a Twitter. Um proper not fascists straight up motherfucking fascists. That's what we're up against. Unwittingly or not, they work for Russia. Proper not all look at the angry Putinists trying to change the subject. They're still very angry. It's cute. We don't censor, just highlight. Um And I'm not really sure. What? Yeah. Okay. Um, As for their refusal to identify themselves. Okay. So they said they made cracks about Tia Tequila's descent to Nazism. Um, How she's been a long time anti-Semite and... one and even longer one of internet trolling uh, as for their refusal to identify themselves even as they smear hundreds of american journalists as well as the kremlin or as useful idiots for it this is their mature response proper not we'll consider revealing our names when russia reveals the names of those running its propaganda operations in the west and the washington post should be very proud it staked a major part of its news story on the unverified untestable assertions of this laughable organization one of the core functions of proper Not appears to be its compilation of a lengthy blacklist of news and political websites that it smears as peddlers of Russian propaganda we included on this blacklist of supposed propaganda outlets are prominent independent left-wing news sites such as truth out naked capitalism, black agenda, consortium news, and truth. Dick, um, um, also included are proper libertarian hubs like zero hedge, Antiwar.com. Why is this again? Um, Type story okay the group commits outright defamation by slandering obviously legitimate news sites as propaganda tools of the kremlin one of the most egregious examples is the group's inclusion of naked capitalism the widely respected left-wing site run by wall street critic eve smith the site was named by time magazine as one of the 25 best financial blogs in 2011 and by wired magazine as a crucial site to follow for finance And Smith has been featured on a guest on programs such as PBS's Bill Moyer show. Yet this cowardly group of anonymous smear artists promoted by the Washington Post has now placed them on a blacklist of Russian disinformation. The group eschews alternative media outlets like these and instead recommends that readers rely solely on establishment-friendly publications like NPR, BBC, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, BuzzFeed, and Vice. That's because it is a big part of the group's definition for Russian propaganda outlet, is criticizing U.S. foreign policy. Proper not does not articulate in its criteria in detail, merely describing its metrics as behavioral and motivation agnostic. That is to say, even if a news source is not technically a Russian propaganda outlet and it is even trying to stop the Kremlin, it is still guilty of being a useful idiot if it publishes material that might in some way be consistent or helpful to the Russian government. So it just kind of goes on and on and on and on. The post itself, now posting as a warrior against fake news, published an article in September that treated with great seriousness the claim that Hillary Clinton collapsed on 9-11 day because she was poisoned by Putin. And that's to say nothing of the paper's disgraceful history of convincing Americans that Saddam was building non-existent nuclear weapons and had cultivated an alliance with Al-Qaeda. As is so often the case, those who most loudly warn of fake news from others themselves are the most aggressive (laughs) dissenters. the sentimentators of it indeed what happened here is the essence of fake news the post story served as the agendas of many factions those who wanted to believe putin stole the election from hillary clinton those who want to believe the internet and social media are a grave menace that needs to be controlled in contrast to the objective truth that reliable old media outlets once issued those who want a resurrection of the cold war So for those who saw the tweets and facebook posts promoting this post story and instantly clicked and shared and promoted the story without an iota of critical thought or examination of whether the claims were true because they wanted the claims to be true that behavior included countless journalists so the story spread like a flash like a wildfire tens of thousands of people perhaps hundreds of thousands or even millions consumed it believing it was true because of how many journalists and experts told them it was Virtually none of the people who told them this spent a minute of time or an ounce of energy determining if it was true. It pleased them to believe it was, knowing it advanced their interests, and so they endorsed it. This is the essence of how fake news functions, and it is the ultimate irony that this post story ended up illustrating and spreading far more fake news than it exposed. Okay, who's got
0: something? I have to say that if Hillary was poisoned by Putin, with his experience in the KGB, either she wouldn't know it or we wouldn't know it.
1: Right. No, I I mean, I agree. I I think... I think that was just ridiculous. That the whole story was basic, ridiculous nonsense. Um, Mm -hmm. And the fact that it got spread so far and uh, people I respect were posting this with and i'm like you couldn't have read this thing no you couldn't have read this thing and you you couldn't have tracked down who sent this list out because if you did there's no way you'd be spreading this around i mean i don't say things like this to people but i I think it no mostly because it's it's really important to me to get the stuff right i don't like lying to people I don't like screwing up. And when I do screw up, I want to tell you that because you deserve the truth. You deserve to know what's happening now. Um, And I think in my humble opinion, most of the news sources that are out there are not telling you the truth, you know, because they screw up like this or because they have an agenda. I don't really, I don't have an agenda. I don't have any horse in the race. I have no ponies in the game. Uh, There's no dog in my dog show. Um everybody's picked aside and I'm standing here right in the middle going, Well, this might be true and this bit might be true, but what's the most true essence of it? Um and I like to get to that point. This this story was just terrible from the get go. Barry, did you see that?
4: I, when I, that first I, came I out? Yeah, well I saw it going on, but yeah, it yeah, it's junk basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that the Washington Post promoted it, it just goes to show you the current level of trust you should have with the Washington Post.
1: Well, I don't think you should have any trust in the current media as it stands. I mean, I, I can't turn on TV and let, I can watch a little bit of local broadcast news. A little bit. And basically the human interest segment that's fine. The weather I'm okay with. Not so much the other stuff. A lot of it is pre-programmed and packaged together in a big batch for us. Um, and the government does a lot of that work. And I know this because <clears throat> I will. <clears throat> sorry, I will see the same story um, on Voice of America that I will see on my local news with like the same packaging. Um, with basically just a different anchor reading the intro and then the video is rolling. And anything that's on Voice of America, um, which is our propaganda outlet to the world, which is the same as RT, um, Russia Today, which, I, I mean, I like Russia Today. Uh, I, I liked Al Jazeera. Uh, I liked BBC News. Um, if I wanted to see anything about DAPL, I was not going to see it here. But i would see it on those sources yeah, the, the, place... the
4: latest update on that hit with the first place to report it i think was rt so yeah. yeah
1: i mean they do do good work you just have to realize everything out there has a bias I, I i wish reporters would tell the truth they all have a bias all of them do greenwald does i do i i do but i try to overcome it and tell you the truth um We all have a bias, and I think if reporters fucking admitted that, this is where I sit on the fence. Instead of pretending to be objective, I think we could actually turn a new corner in the way media functions. And I don't know if it would function as it was supposed to, but I do know this pretending to be objective shit is a joke. It's not working. It's clearly not working. I don't know.
3: Anyway, Anyway,
0: I thought this was kind of funny. I'll let me paste it in, where they uh, they said that the Kremlin didn't sink Obama didn't sink Hillary Obama did, Mm -hmm. and I don't get my news from I think you know we cut the cord here at the house as far as cable and we don't even have network television. Uh, Right, do everything through the internet, uh, Mm -hmm. patched in through the. Uh, the the notebook that I've got here in the house and it goes straight Mm -hmm. to a 1080p projector on the ceiling. So all of our media, any of our news, it all comes through the internet, which gives us a little bit more control over how much propaganda we see. But I won't lie and say that I've never been duped because I know I've shared a story or two and then had to go back and, and delete it thinking, oh, wow, I can't believe I fell for that. Right.
1: Well, I when I screw up and, and tell wrong information I correct it. I, I that's the only thing I can do. I, I can't take it back. I can't make it go away. I've already told you, it's already in your ears and in your brain. Um but I can tell you that I fucked up. You know? I, I to me that's important that you have to have integrity to do that. Well the yeah. fact that it
0: happens so rarely <clears throat> it just goes to the level of research and thought that you actually put into doing the news that you share. Hell, I appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I I just, you deserve to know what's going on. And yeah, I don't generally share political stuff, um, mostly because I watch hours and hours and hours and hours of C-SPAN. Y'all don't need to be exposed to that. Trust me once you've seen a couple hours of c-span you've probably seen them all um but I, i do watch that to try and keep current with what our congress critters are doing um uh attempting to how they're attempting to screw us this week so i can talk about that a little bit um i got the news junkie bug from my dad you really don't you want me to talk about pizzagate
0: (laughs) that yeah that one's i'm seeing so much uh so many stories on youtube that you know they go this way they go that way and 90 percent of them they're all saying the same thing i'm just curious how far it's actually gonna go
1: i you know i can't confirm or deny that pizza um and other menu items are code words for how to sexually molest children. I can't. But there are a lot of people out there making those claims. And all I can tell you is how long was the pedofi- pedophile cover-up in the United Kingdom Very
4: Well, it's still going. What do you mean? It's
1: still going. Right, but I mean... Th- just the BBC one was pretty terrible. Yeah. If this is what they're actually doing, if they're actually a trafficking in children, um, then they deserve to be hung. Well, they deserve to have their entrails ripped out, and they deserve to be hung by their guts until they're fucking dead. Um, I really don't like people who prey on weak people. Children are. Free, weak, little people. Um, and Anybody involved in human trafficking, slavery, any of that sort of thing, um, they deserve a, a one-way ticket off the planet, and I would have no problem giving it to them. Um, do I believe people who are rich and powerful do that kind of thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, What I think and what I can prove are two very different things. And I believe that people who are rich and powerful, let's look at the banking dynasties. I think the people who run the banking dynasties don't think of us as the same species, right? Um, They think of us the way people think of You know, their pets or a nuisance varmint in their backyard and they feel that they have the right to do to it anything they wish because they're different species of human Um, all I'm going to say on that is I remember David Icke flipping out I remember David Icke losing his mind but I remember David Icke talking about this going on that there was this secret cabal of people, rich and powerful people in entertainment media, um in the governments, you know, worldwide that were just molesting children. Um when I say I can see them seeing seeing us as a different species, that's because I really do think rich people think they're from a different planet than the rest of us.
0: Well, I do think it's unusual that every time a celebrity comes out and says something very profound very shortly after they die of natural or unknown (laughs) circumstances, look at uh,
1: uh, 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 If you want to examine them, something recently what about Kanye West
0: yeah or Dave Chappelle um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah let's yeah. see what was the other comedian um Sam Kennison. I think, George I think yeah
1: I think we we get a lot of truth from our comedians uh you know um I share a lot of the stuff from the comedian the British comedian who masquerades as a newscaster who is not a newscaster Jonathan Pye Jonathan <laughs>
3: Pye. I love that guy, he's
1: funny I do too, he's funny I, as hell and he's brilliant Um but I get a lot more truth out of Jonathan Pye than I do out of the regular news but going back to David I, which I don't like talking about but I always said there's probably a reason he thinks that these people are aliens. I'm not saying they're aliens. I'm just saying I can see why he would think that. Because anyone who could treat a fellow human being like that to traffic them, to molest them, to drug them, to trade them as prostitutes and kill them obviously doesn't think we're the same species. Um, That's my opinion on Pizzagate. (laughs) Sorry Sorry. it went far upfield. field.
0: So... So I, don't now, I remember seeing a uh, I watched a video on YouTube not too long ago that said that the queen was uh, Queen Elizabeth was reptilian and that children who had gone to uh, Windsor Palace had come up missing and mm-hmm. oh man it just it was a rabbit hole one story right after another. and each one was was I mean utterly ludicrous, but it does mm-hmm. raise questions.
1: It kind of does. And, Barry, you tell me if I'm wrong about this. I mean, could the idea that your government is taking and sexually enslaving children and traffic them, could that make somebody flip, do you think? Could that make some switch in somebody's mind just flip like it did with well, David
4: Icke? Well, yeah.
1: I mean, but the the, prob- always... the
4: problem is... Yeah, because there has been no reliable investigation. Yep. We don't know how much of this stuff is true. We mm-hmm. don't know how much has just been made up, uh, which is a huge problem.
1: That is. I mean, it's a big problem. That's why I like. I always like to say I don't like to talk about stuff I can't confirm. I don't. I can't confirm whether pete's gate is true or false i can talk about spirit cooking all day long um because i know that's true right i know that this artist and she's just a whacked out artist i don't think she's a satanist um do i think the bankers and the rich people are satanists don't i think they're just rich people who are bored to tears
4: and well, well some of them will be but you know, well,
1: some, yeah. But I, I know from from my past, um, being a goth, you know, I've been exposed to a lot of subculture people, and I can tell you, the Satanists that I actually do know, if you ever hurt a child, they would kill you. They would just flat out kill you. Because you don't prey on things that are weaker than you. It's not the way of things. That's not the way a strong person would do something. Um. I don't know. I don't even, I, I don't know how to talk about Pizzagate or the way all of the, and the thing that kills me about the UK child sex trafficking ring investigations is they go fucking nowhere. They just get halted at the very top. Just like right, and they just stop, and nothing happens with them. If they well, don't, they have them, their a few
4: sacrificial worse. lambs. Uh, the, the 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 parliamentary investigation. Yeah, there's a couple of dead dead MPs implicated. And that was it, basically. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, but they're dead, and they can't defend themselves or speak up and say yes, I did this, but this is what I witnessed, this person sitting next to me, and that person. There's no way to defend yourself. It, there, and there's, there's no way to get actual testimony from people. So I don't know if Pizzagate is Pizzagate, or if it's like, does anybody remember um, before Damian Eccles and his friends all got to go to jail for something they actually didn't do? Um, does anybody remember the rash of children who were going to preschools that were saying they were sexually molested in the Satanic cult rings here in America? Because I remember that and that ruined a lot of people's lives. Um, so I, I don't know. How do you talk about this stuff? Do I believe it's possible? I believe it's possible. Do I have definitive proof? No. So, I don't know. Where do you go from there? Is there is there anything else I can answer for you, Costello? Um, oh, before and, I go on to something back, I can Back clarify. to
4: da- the David Icke stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. News just in. Aaron still hasn't sunk.
1: <laughs> you know. I-, I think it's funny. I think David Icke had the potential to, if he was going to go and be an investigative journalist, be really good. Um, but instead, he went full-on nutter. And and still, some of his stuff is, is true and verifiable and well done and well researched. But because of the kind of person he is, no one will admit it.
4: Yeah. Well, I think I've said to you before, years of commentating on snooker, not bad for your, not very good for your mental health.
1: Yeah, I guess that must be it.
4: Because, um, yeah, he, he used to be one of the main commentators on world snooker in the UK. And, yeah, then he went a bit odd. Uh,
1: <laughs> a bit, bit odd.
4: Yeah. Um, he was a sports journalist, basically
1: well if you want to talk about crazy sports journalists we had the king of gonzo journalism who was a sports writer in America right everybody did know that about him right so alright I'm going to guess that people did not know that he was a full time reporter for ESPN right before he died
3: guess not so, yeah, I no.
1: mean, yeah. So you know, sports makes people crazy. Is that the lesson to take away from this?
0: <laughs> Talking well, about sports, it, they've shown it in the NFL that certain brain injuries do—they uh, seriously hamper problem-solving and you know your your grasp on reality.
1: Well, right, but I'm assuming the commentators haven't been, you know. I'm hoping all of them haven't been (laughs) headbutted.
0: Well, no, but when you got Howard Cosell a few years ago, when he made that infamous, um, oh, what was he? He made an allegory of, uh, look at that, uh, look at that monkey run, where he was talking about a a black athlete and uh, he was just absolutely shunned. Which I mean, as he should have been, but.
1: He should have, yeah. You know, there's, I don't know. Maybe there's just things you don't say um, ever. I, even in the 70s, when I think he said that. And and yet, I don't know if anybody was actually a, a greater friend to Muhammad Ali. Do you know what I mean?
2: So yeah, the contradictions
1: are really strange. Yeah, see, I, I grew up in the 70s. I remember Howard Cosell. Um, and he was actually a pretty good friend of mine so
4: it's very. There was there was one high. of there was one of those in the royal family, uh, <laughs> not long ago, and not, uh, not Prince Philip, right? Oh, um, now you're killing me. It was um, Prince Charles. No, it was uh, it was actually William, I think. Oh, the, the press made a big thing that there was this Asian friend of his, Indian subcontinent, mm-hmm. and he had this right. nickname. And yeah, well, it was what most people would consider a racist nickname, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, but of course, when people talk to the person in question, he's on. No, that's my nickname. <laughs> he was fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody called him that. You know, it was like, but the press were making a big thing that oh, oh, and 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 the prince called the guy this and. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, So sure does everybody else. <laughs>
1: you know, I, I think the press does a disservice with the, if it bleeds, it leads thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know here if I pick a story, if I were to pick a story like Pizzagate, I mean, you know, I I would actually break like seven or 800 downloads in a week which I don't normally break in a week, but that would be interesting. Um, And I don't do that because it's a disservice. It's a disservice to the integrity of the news. I can't prove it. I don't want to talk
4: about it. You'd kill your voice as well, because to do that sort of program, you've got to, like, shout the whole time.
3: I can't do that.
4: (laughs) Because that's what they all seem to do on those sort of shows. The fake outrage and shouting, just non-stop
0: oh Stephen was a stephen a smith when uh, after the the colin kaepernick came out that he didn't vote the very next day he's on uh, uh first take on espn and he's screaming at the top of his lungs but he wasn't really screaming it's just he's very passionate and he wants you to hear every single opinion he has before you get to speak
4: <laughs> right yeah, but uh... Those sort of people in personal conversation then discover that I've probably got a louder voice than them when I get going. <laughs> um, I, <don't, laughs> I had, I don't had like... that with a work colleague who tried to shout stuff at me, so I shouted back. <laughs> well, staff from all points in the hotel then converged on the point we were at to find out what the hell was going on, because that could be heard throughout the whole building.
0: Deep resonant voice.
4: I don't imagine. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a good thing though. Now, now I know when people pick on me, I'll just I'll just call Barry. Can you yell at this person for me? Well, especially if, especially if we're
4: communicating like we are now, mm-hmm. and I can add another 20, 30 decibels <laughs> on my output, <laughs> and that's without putting everybody else's outputs up. That's just mine.
1: Oh, God. So, yeah. I don't know. I I think... What did I learn today? Uh, The state of journalism is fucking dismal.
4: Yep.
0: Absolutely.
4: I say that article I sent you before the show, I think you'll find that interesting.
0: I will. Um, It
4: kind of relates to journalism. Well...
1: We yeah, but that's what we have. We have kind of journalism. Yeah. The best journalist in America, hands down right now is Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald is not trained as a journalist. Glenn Greenwald's a fucking lawyer. The second best journalist out there is Jonathan Pye, who's a fucking comedian. We, we have a problem <laughs> with journalism. So, you know, I'm, I'm sad about the Washington post. I, I hate to say I would expect crap like that from the New York Times, because in recent years they've gotten way worse at, um, you know, uh,
4: polishing the link I gave you uh, the link I gave you, I'm going to drop it into chat. Okay. People might find it interesting. It's a very no. long article, but then it's by so, the editor of Private Eye. So, Yeah. Yeah
1: but I very good publication. That does very good work.
4: And is well, incredibly really- sarcastic, which is why it's still popular.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so you've got that, you've got the Guardian, you've got the Intercept, and you've got a comedian.
4: Well, we have quite a few comedians. He's just
1: you you guys know. Yeah. have a lot of comedians that are very good with that. We used to. Now I think we have Lewis Black.
4: Yeah, you're you're stealing yeah. you're stealing our less well known <laughs> ones. You've got John Oliver. Uh, we didn't and... steal,
1: we didn't steal him. We, we did yeah, not came, steal him. You
4: recruited him. John right?
1: John Stewart gave him to
3: us.
4: Yeah, but uh, and you, yeah, but we also, you, we also took like... Noah from South Africa as well, but he'd spent yeah. his career mostly in the UK. So
1: right, but I mean, you 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 also shipped us your load of shit there. Piers Morgan, so I do not want to hear it. You've
4: got to take the good with the bad. I still yeah. think you did you, you did quite well out of it. I mean,
1: no, Pierce Morgan was actually on the air. That was not a good thing.
4: <laughs> yeah, but he used to be on the air over here. Now we can <laughs> now we can ignore him.
0: Uh, I, think, oh, I think. What's the gal's name? Madeline. Um she gets a lot of her delivery from, from Louis Black. Uh, like he's, he's one of her mentors and she's got a really good delivery in her standup and she right. goes to right. talking real political stuff, but Joe Rogan, I mean, he's obviously left, but I mean, he's another good uh, political you mm-hmm. know, commentator as far as, you know, comedic practices go. Yeah.
1: I think Joe Rogan's really interesting. I, I'm not, I'm not like a huge fan of the Joe Rogan experience. Um, mostly because, like you said, he, he leans really far to the left. I'm very... I know when I take the smallest political test, I'm like so far to the right and down to the bottom that like, I'm right next to where Adam Smith sits. Um, which is funny that he's considered politically right because I consider him politically left because I live in America and even the left, not really the left, but people like Hillary Clinton, who is conceivably more hawkish than our current president, um, a lot of her positions are extremely right-wing for somebody who is supposed to be a member of the Workers' Party, which is what the yeah. Democrats were supposed to be.
4: Yeah, I mean, I've talked to you about that many times it's mm-hmm. so, like yeah no, no other country in the world with diverse political well, parties uh, is quite as right as the USA is
1: <laughs> well right but to get back to that Jeremy you're a, a staunch Republican absolutely okay um, did you actually sit down and read any of Trump's proposals or did you just listen to him speak
0: no, I read a few of them. Um, for the most part, I, I mean, I, I have to admit I agree with the general, uh, the majority of what he's proposing. Um, the wall, the wall tends to be the, the ideal that I think while it is a good idea, it's, is it executable? No. Not logistically, no. I, I don't think, I just, I don't think it's logistically possible
4: is not a fence I, I now, anyway. Isn't, isn't it now being yeah. referred to basically as a fence?
0: Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, and I mean, along most of, uh, along much of the border is some sort of barrier, but it's mm-hmm. not anything near what he wanted to, uh, what he wanted to institute, like what forty feet high, ten feet thick.
4: I think he'd right. watched the film Monsters. <laughs> if you've ever seen that, it's got a big wall across the. U.S. border Um, and not to keep Monsters monsters Well,
0: Let me tell you something. something. I think he was paying more attention to uh, Dr. Evil. We need sharks (laughs) with laser beams.
1: (laughs) All I'm going to say is this. Um, I've, I've sat down and read Trump's proposals and they read more like the New Deal than they read like anything Republican I've ever seen. In the last twenty years, yeah. Um, so, I've got to tell you guys, I have no horse in the race. I, I don't, you know. Vermin Supreme didn't win. I'm sorry, you know. There was nobody that I wanted to vote for.
0: Um, yeah, no so- pony for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. No pony for me. No, no, no zombie power situation. None of that stuff. No enforced toothbrushing. No friendly fascist running things for me but um i actually sit back and and read this stuff what is proposed um the proposals read like something from the 20s and 30s that that's how bad our actual employment situation is in the quote-unquote flyover states um with our bridges and our roads and our infrastructures just crumbling to shit um so I was really surprised to read something that looked like the the New Deal, essentially. And I was very surprised at how many staunch Republicans really supported that. But I think that's going to tell you how bad the economy really is, you know. Most people don't say, yes, we need to go and spend trillions and trillions we don't have for public works to, you know, make things better, but it, it really is that bad. We're actually at a point where it's set. Uh, I find that terrifying. But we're actually we're at a point where it's that bad. Do you think the economy is getting better? Um,
0: yes, but I've, I think it's still too early to tell.
1: I think it's great for the top one to two percent i i don't see it i don't see it getting any better um i don't standing back and and separating the president-elect from the speeches he made and and looking at his written positions um i don't know i think rolling back some regulation is going to be really good for the vaping industry I think rolling back a lot of regulation is going to be good for the vaping industry. I don't know what it's going to look like for the environment. And all I can say is, to me, I'm really kind of sad that um, they knocked Rand Paul out of the race so quickly. Um, He wasn't Ron Paul. He was 85% Ron Paul. Maybe 70, maybe even 60% Ron Paul. And I would have been really okay with that um another thing i think is hilarious is have you looked at how everybody's flipping out about how much surveillance capacity the government has now
0: yeah it's crazy
1: i don't care if the last president we had was snuffleupagus from fucking sesame street there's no way they should ever should have had that kind of fucking power.
0: Yeah now and people are okay with it. They're like well I have nothing to hide. Well no it's not that it, that's not the point. The point is we have Fourth Amendment you know rights right. for a reason yes
1: and they are being eroded at a, a rate that scares me to death it it scares me to death. Uh, well, uh, of course both parties preach against libertarians. Um I I don't I don't have a, I don't have a problem with the Green Party. I don't have a problem with the Constitution Party. I don't have a pro- I don't have a problem with any party out there that wants to run. But I say you've got to give them equal time. You know, we we had a fairness doctrine um and that I was actually reading Uh, a book called The Naked Capitalist by W. Cleon Skousen, which is a critique of the book uh, Tragedy and Hope by Carol Quigley. Uh, I've been reading Tragedy and Hope by Carol Quigley, and and by the time you get to page 900, um, you're reading stuff that's making you go, holy shit. Um, You know, here's this dry, dull, boring history of the world from like 1830 to 1910 and this is what happened this is how it happened and these are the people who are running things and and carol quigley was a very well respected professor uh he was actually bill clinton's mentor he mentioned him quite a few times when he got into office um carol quigley's book aside um does anyone know when the Fairness Doctrine came into being, when it came into being a thing?
0: Mm, I would want to say, I, I think it would have to have been about the era that Johnny Car- Jimmy Carter was president. No,
1: the Fairness Doctrine came around right after, does anybody remember Joseph McCarthy and, and yeah. Yeah, the, the, commun- commun- the Communist the Trials? Communist. <laughs> Yeah. After those were televised, the fairness doctrine came into play. Um, And it's a shame we don't have a fairness doctrine for elections. I think there would have been a lot of other choices out there for people if they were required to give all these people equal time, equal room to debate, even if, say, you only had the third-party candidates debating against each other, but you had it on CNN or NBC. I mean... I think that would change the whole playing field for politics in, in this country and people are talking about now reforming the elect reforming the electoral college and, and changing it does anybody know why the electoral college exists
0: what's well, to prevent the states that have like california and new york from completely deciding the outcome of the elections
1: well yes but there's more to it than that. The reason it came into existence was because there were slave states and there were non-slave states, right? When I say there were slave states and non-slave states, I literally mean that how it sounds. Um, The Electoral College came into existence to prevent the non-slave states from voting out the slave states. It goes very... Very far back, its history is very, very long. And uh, Tom Woods, I don't know if anybody here listens to the Tom Woods show. Um, he he taught me a lot about the history of my country that I didn't know. Um, his show, he had a show just recently about it, uh, and it was very good. Um, and and for history, if you like history. Um, the Dangerous History podcast by Prof. CJ is excellent if you want a different view of history, and this is also from someone who has like no dog in
0: the race. So, have you seen? Uh, I'm sorry. Have you seen uh, Oliver Stone's version?
1: Hidden History.
0: No, um, I have not. It's on Netflix. Right. It's. Uh, hold on, let me bring it up real quick. On a side note, Brent crude's almost to $60 a barrel. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: um,
0: well, that's...
1: What's well, fucked up, and most people don't know it about the economy, when your gas price goes up, the economy is actually improving. Yeah, I'm the of the yeah. United States, that's it. Okay. No, I've never... I've never seen it. I mean, I've heard the it was
0: very, is good, very, very good. It is. It's it's eye-opening it makes you it, as long as you have an open mind being right, a staunch right. republican doesn't mean i don't have an you know an open mind i mean i'm willing to listen to someone else's argument and the way that he presented certain historical uh events that have happened mm-hmm. was quite interesting when you think that uh like uh, the uss maine down in uh uh, was it Havana Bay Right. In Cuba? Right. When it blew up, it was basically just a, a, a poorly timed accident.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: they latched onto it and it became the Remember the Alamo type thing. Right. Well,
1: um, I would recommend to you then, uh, if you don't mind history books, I would recommend The Creature from Jekyll Island.
0: Which... Yeah, I'm going to have to read. I'm gonna have to read that. Uh, I, I did watch that uh, that documentary the other night uh-huh. uh, on uh, the hidden conspiracy of capitalism. Uh-huh. That was eye-opening.
1: Well, that's that's kind of what Carol Quigley's book is about. Um, and what? Okay, so we know the UN exists. Why did the UN come into force? Yeah, well, it, mm, the UN, right? I, and it, it's funny. Um, my grandfather, right, was just an infantry man. Nobody, nobody special. Nobody famous. Nobody who was much of anybody. But he walked up the hill in Normandy, and he was the only one who left his boat who survived right so in those days when you kind of walked up the hell um the you you just kind of sorted into somebody would grab you and go hey you're with us or, or whatever it's not like it is now um the military so to speak but my grandfather and everyone i knew had always warned me that the un was kind of like a bad deal um and the UN, the bankers, all the people who have a lot of money, they all have a reason to want to keep control of things and keep not just certain populations, but most of the population that doesn't have their wealth or what they consider their understanding of the world down. And that's kind of one of the reasons the UN exists. And I can remember my grandfather always telling me, you got to watch out cuz this is not good this is not good and i got to say i i kind of agree with them it, it's funny to me how the older people had what seemed to be funny ideas they saved coins they grew gardens cuz they didn't know when they were going to have food to eat and and a lot of the things i see us doing now are things like my grandparents and my great grandparents would have done during you know times of economic hardship and they were right about a lot of stuff i also think when i look at the un and its structure and say things like the council on foreign relations or um you have something similar in the uk very is that the royal council of is the Royal Council of International Relations? Is oh, that God oh,
4: we've called? got loads of international um, things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When you look at the makeup of these things, they're not like the ordinary politicians that, that run these places. They're well connected people who have a lot of money and influence. Um, when you look at the Council on Foreign Relations from just 10 years back, um, Every Secretary of State has been on the Council of Foreign Relations. Every Secretary of State. right? Most of the presidents, except for, from what I can tell because he was never listed anywhere, JFK was not. Although he told people he was. But most of the seats on the Council on Foreign Relations are taken up by the corporations and the banks. Um, and I think if they could get away with running the UN the same way they would... But those same people kind of have their their little hands in everything. Uh, So I think my grandfather was really, really right about who not to trust and how to live. And maybe that makes me old-fashioned and a throwback. I don't know. But they had stuff to teach us, and it's a shame that most of their lessons are are gone. So when we're talking about that video, that was a, a G. Edward Griffin video. And what he, yeah. talk, what he talked about in that video is basically, like, I, I tell you I'm reading Carol Quigley's book, Tragedy and Hope. No one wants to wade through 10,000 pages, just like none of you want to sit and read the bailout documents, which I've read. Or sit and read through Obamacare, which I've read. Because I'm crazy like that. Um, but I read the stuff because I want to know about it so I can talk to you about it and when i distill obamacare down to its core message it was whoever is in charge is going to decide what you're going to get that's basically what obamacare boils down to and if you let somebody with come and speak write that people would have understood it but as it was they passed it to find oh, out uh...
0: it the bill was so long. They even uh, um, the major. I think what the majority of them even admitted it was so long, and there wasn't enough time. We didn't even read it. We just passed it. Yep.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um. And I I said to you the other night. I don't even if if we're gonna go this way, um, you know, go all hog, just go all in, fucking socialize it, and charge every American a premium. Call it a tax, <laughs> you know. You're already doing it anyway, but take it out of the hands of the corporations because they're not beholden to us at all. At least the government, in some small way, still has to listen us bitch at them, where the corporations can just go, ah, right, let's throw a few billion dollars at this to shut these idiots up and we'll go our merry way. Except with the APL. Did you notice how quickly the tide turned when the veterans went up there? Yes. Mhm. You know why? They were they going, going around, around they were going around at and night, night and they were cutting all the barbed wire fences. They were returning people's belongings. They were standing as human shields between the protesters and the police. The last thing the government wants any of us to do is to get along with each other. When we all get along with each other, libertarian, liberal, Republican, Democrat, green party, constitutional party, you know, workers party, when we all get along with each other and realize we all want the same thing. We all want peace and we all want prosperity. We all want to have a happy, healthy life um, without so much interference that we can't live the way we choose. Once we all get on that same page, get past all the political bullshit, we to steal from Hillary e Clinton, we really are that much stronger together. I think the only reason DAPL got shut down was because the veterans went this is unconstitutional. Well, we took an oath to the Constitution, we're going to go defend it.
0: Yeah, and their their oath doesn't just just because you discharge doesn't mean that you are no longer bound to that oath i believe Mm -hmm. is what they is their basic argument in it Uh but now there's they're talking about how now that just because there's a stay on it that the protesters shouldn't get too excited because they're talking about trying to push it a different way but you know, like, uh, we were talking, we were talking one night about, uh, the only reason why the DAPL is going through the area that it's going is yes. because yes. Hillary and Obama, they, they blocked the Keystone Excel pipeline. And now they're talking about, you know, pushing the Keystone Excel through again. Well, well Keystone, Keystone actually, actually,
1: when I looked look at, look it, at it, it, wasn't routed over any major
0: waterways like this is. No, I mean it covers it. It crosses the Colorado, right? Right. But I don't. It doesn't cover a major river, right? You know, this is
1: drinking water for how many millions of Americans?
0: <laughs> north coast to north to south.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, DAPL was yeah. a good thing. Okay. Although I did, oh, see, I did see, see the um yeah. the company. The, applied for an easement with the army and the army rejected rejected them them. yeah the army said no we're not giving it to you so at least the president and the army are on the same page for this i mean i don't know how long it'll last because trump's got a lot of money invested in this and you know no offense it doesn't matter what office you hold you're probably going to look after your own self-interest Um, But it was still impressive to see. And the thing I thought about when I first saw it was I remember Obama going, making these speeches to black Democrats and yelling at them if they didn't vote for Hillary. They were shitting on his legacy. I mean, not in those words, but, you know, to him, his legacy was Obamacare. And yet I saw him can't, you know, just this pipeline is done. And I said, there's your legacy right there. And and if you had done it sooner, you you wouldn't have had to like chill for this woman. Nobody wanted you know, 30 30 years years in politics. politics. You know what she's done. done. You know what she's going to do. You know it's shit. shit. And you're you're still
0: still pushing 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 her? her? Bullshit. Bullshit. I don't know anyone who liked her. I I I don't don't. Yeah, I don't... What it comes down to for me is I I understand that yes, Trump is big business. Mm -hmm. And yes, he is going to... um, There's going to be speculation on anything that he does that, oh, well, he's just protecting big business. Mm -hmm. And those people don't seem to understand that the reason trickle-down economics has never gotten a fair shake is because every single time we've tried to use it, you've got Democratic-controlled House or Senate or both that just – or even just the Republicans – and they continue overspending. And, you know, if he's gonna bring government spending under control, as he's already said that he was gonna cut a lot of jobs, mm-hmm. and if you're gonna bring this new bill, then you need to get rid of these two bills over here. Doesn't matter which ones you get rid of, but you need to get rid of two for every one you propose. Then, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it sounds good. If he can deliver on a third or maybe 40% of what he's promised, I think that we will see difference. Whether he'll get credit for him or not, that's another story. Well,
1: basically, and most people don't know this, um, every president, when they go in, they're basically running their four years or their eight years with the economic programs from the past president's four years or eight years or whatever. So, so, every time Obama blamed Bush, he was absolutely right to do it.
0: Yeah, at the beginning. At the beginning. No,
1: okay. But you're, you're like actually you're running actually on that at that. least, at your, least your first term. So, you're, you're definitely dead on with that. Yeah. But... but, but The total
3: surveillance
1: state. state. All the The surveillance powers, the hollowing out of government, everything we see that gets worse and worse from one president to the next really started with Papa Bush.
0: All that stuff goes back
5: to him. Yeah.
0: I mean, being a Republican, I, I can still say that no, we're not perfect and we screw up a lot. But at least we don't have the the general attitude of, we don't give a shit.
1: Well, all I can say is this. um, I'm old fashioned. I'm funny. Um, I'm happy we're not starting shit with Russia. (laughs) I like living. I don't like it when people drop bombs on me. I'm, I'm happy when we're not at war with another fucking superpower. And I really do think if Ms. Clinton had got in, that would have been one of her priorities to really restart that Cold War and and go further than that, because she's she's a hawk. She is a hawk. She's the most hawkish president. She would have been the most hawkish president ever. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, Miss Jeannie. Hi. How are you? good nice. so i guess yeah, you I can tell we're talking politics <laughs> what, the, what the fucks the echo uh not me it's not me um jeremy you're on push to talk
0: um uh, no i i bumped it off when my son went to bed hold on let me put it back
5: uh, okay it it fucks with me too jeremy it's it's
1: we have too many people on the party um if we're playing a video if we were playing if we were gaming right now it would actually not bother us it <laughs> or not <laughs> but since we're not we're we're trying to talk and to you know discuss things this is what happened how's your doctor's is it miss Jeannie?
5: um it was good i talked to him about that high frequency alters. uh the high-frequency spinal cord stimulator too, um, right? because my battery is getting, where my battery's. Wait, are we? Are you on here air? Yes. Oh, I'm gonna shut the fuck up then.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Okay. Um. Why you're you don't want to talk politics?
5: Because is... oh, no, I'll talk politics. But yeah, I'm my yeah yeah personal cell stuff's personal. Right. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, um, you cannot imagine how shocked I was to see my picture on the Humane Society's Facebook. But you looked amazing! I almost shit myself. I was like, oh my god, I didn't think it would end up there. And so people are coming into work, I saw you! I'm like, oh god. And now Facebook's going... Are you sure you live in Nainia, Lima, Peru? Yes, I do. Fuck off.
5: <laughs> that is fun. um did you guys did, did you talk about Standing Rock? A little bit, but
1: you know, this has been your baby. You go.
5: Yeah, well, so every you know, Facebook land in and of itself, social media in and of itself seems to think that this has been a resounding victory when in fact it has not. Um the, the only thing that happened was Obama told uh, the Civil Corps engineers, the Army Corps of Engineers, that um, we ain't fucking touching this. Don't grant him the easement and we'll dump this shit in Trump's lap. And that's what happened. Um, So did they win a little bit of a victory? Yeah, they did. Uh, Standing Rock got a little bit of a victory um, in the sense that at least until January the 20th, they can't go under the lake.
1: Well, it's funny, we kind of actually talked about that a little. Like, I didn't know if
5: trump was going to go with that
1: or not
5: do you know what i mean mean? do you realize until early this summer um he had a sizable investment in that in that pipeline company right (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, he sold he sold off what he owned um over the summer because i mean everybody's known for quite a while that this whole standing Rock was going to be a a smear of native americans yet again and with him running for president he probably shouldn't have owned part of that company um so he sold it off but um even if you set that to the side you have to understand that if you've paid any attention to this man other than his his rants and ravings which i think were, were orchestrated rants and raving i think he did it for a reason um He's a very shrewd businessman, and he has been very pro-pipeline and uh, pro-corporate America for a very long time. This is not something that's fucking new. It's not something that's likely to change in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Um, the only good thing I can say is um, if his appointment for H- HHS goes through, I think... We will have a sympathetic ear in health and human services, which will be better than we've got now. And <laughs> Agreed. That that can only be good for vaping. Um, a lot of the regulations that I saw passed, um, one of the ones that really bothered me was when they were saying puddles or anytime like water trickled through your property, it was considered a waterway. And it was navigable water, and it could be regulated by the EP, you know Environmental Protection Service. A lot of people lost their homes and, and everything else that spent their whole lives building because of this sort of
5: horseshit. And well, yeah, I mean, and because even if it, if you had a runoff on your mm-hmm. property, where like when it rained like a bastard and the water shedding off the roadways created a little runoff that went across your property Mm -hmm. it wasn't called a storm runoff anymore now it was classified as a seasonal waterway yep yep. and they could do whatever the fuck they wanted with it
1: right i i think well first of all having read the constitution and when i tell you I, i literally have no dog in the race i don't i like the constitution because it spells out clear protections for us from the government having read the constitution health and human services the fda epa the fbi the cia and just about any other agency it's completely illegal your armed forces are illegal um there's a lot of shit that goes on with the way this country is regulated that's completely illegal And I kind of always wondered when someone was going to make a constitutional challenge. Um, And depending on who your president uh, appoints to the Supreme Court, there could be some really serious constitutional challenges against these agencies that that might actually have a chance of going forward, that they would never have with appointments from a less business-friendly President. I'm trying to look at both sides. There's having a pro business president can only be good for our economy, but bad for our environment. Right? I'm not stupid. I know how these things work. There's always a trade. You know. There's things that the government does for people that they actually need that are going to be taken away completely off the table. It's going away. They're talking about making Social Security go away, folks. Wave goodbye to it, they're gonna take it from you. Oh my god, it just quoted George Carlin. But they are. Uh, Paul Ryan and, and all the Republicans are doing that. And I can't imagine that Trump will get elected to a second term if he allows that to happen.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think uh, I don't think we're gonna see the end of Social Security in his terms. Um mm-hmm as far as you know standing rock goes yeah i mean look at uh look at the king mine disaster in the animus river you know oh my god to this day nobody gives a shit except (laughs) (laughs) except the
5: (laughs) epa caused that fucking disaster yes they
0: did very much so
5: yep and and they people think this is only about uh the the indian reservation and the tribes and they're fucking wrong because everybody's getting dicked over in this that um that that woman in iowa um something Copola, something uh let me google it the lady who protested on her own property yeah because and i think it's Copola. i think that's what it is but this woman in iowa was arrested because she, they didn't want it. Her and a bunch of other landowners did not want this pipeline to go through, and they fucking came through and they claimed eminent domain and took this woman's took this woman's land to do whatever the fuck they wanted with it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what happened. And, and then they arrested her
5: for protesting on her own fucking property. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. It's
5: exactly what they oh, did. It. it is Coppola. Uh, Cindy mm-hmm. Coppola.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, look at, the, look at the neighborhoods that are downriver from uh, in, along the Missouri, where that same company, Energy Transfer Partners, they had a release of, uh, it was either 50 or, it was either 10 or 50,000 gallons of gasoline and, uh, you know, uh, in-stream product chemicals that were released into the, the groundwater in these neighborhoods. People had benzene uh, exposure, H2S exposure. Um, they just And nobody gave a shit until it was in a neighborhood of prominent white people. Then it started to get real noticed.
1: You know, if you want to talk about sacrifice zones, we can talk about sacrifice zones, but call them what they are. They are actually sacrifice zones. The government has a fucking map that it plots this shit out of. And the people who are vulnerable, the people who have no money, who cannot stand against them in court and bring a challenge against them for these sort of actions are allowed to put these horrible businesses that, that pour lead into the dirt or whatever in these zones where people live poor white people poor indian people black people poor immigrants poor mexicans um wherever these really poor people live who don't have any money all this shit goes through it never happens in a white neighborhood you know like a a middle class or a a semi well-off white neighborhood you never see that shit happen and that's because those people have the potential to get the money together to fight the shit in court. And that, that's what it's come down to. It, us against the government. And, and, and the my, government and stamping the shit. shit.
5: I have a really hard time with the fact that we are so world connected now. And, and what I mean is if it was 50 years ago um, anybody outside of that immediate area say, within 75 miles of there
3: mm-hmm.
5: would, would not be hearing a fucking thing about it. We right, wouldn't right. know. And you could kind of understand this shit happening then.
2: Mm-hmm. I
5: I can't understand this shit happening now because the fucking internet, people. I mean, really, it's the fucking internet. Mm-hmm. And it just... And it absolutely floors me. And my biggest bitch about the whole entire thing has always been these major energy companies have recorded some of the highest profits in the history of the world. And we're talking all of history. And yet these places aren't even putting 5% of their revenue into research on how to keep their shit safe how to clean up their fucking messes? Nothing. I mean, how how the fuck does that even make sense, Jeremy? You want to
0: take this one? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was I was looking into that 50,000 gallons. I found it Susquehanna, where the um, Sunoco Logistics they ended up shutting it down, and that's an that's an Energy Transfer Partners uh, property where they released benzene and stuff. I'm sorry, but go ahead, Jeannie. What, what was your question?
5: I'm just trying to figure out how the, how this stuff still even happens in the day and time that we are so world connected and, and, you know, there's the internet and everything goes on the internet, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. And yet these people recorded, you know, p- power companies, um, oil companies, They've they've recorded some of the highest profits in the history of the world. Not recent history. I mean, we're talking total history. Yet, they're not even required to take 5% of their revenue and put it into research in how to build safer pipelines. How to clean up their fucking messes when they make them.
0: Yeah. They're, I, I have the same oh, exasperation, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, it, it, it gets me to no end that they, they don't. Um you know, my wife and I were discussing the DAPL, and I said, the only way that they could actually make it safer, and this is actually viable technology, they've done this in certain places already, where it's a double sheath pipeline. Say, if it's a, if it's an eight inch line, which a lot of them are, they're either eight, 22, or 24, and you take that line, you weld it all together. As you're welding it together, you're sheathing it in a larger pipe with uh you know standoffs inside the pipe to keep the pipe centered so, so the, it's, uh, you
5: know, that is a double wall pipe i mean you know your your wood stoves and your coal stoves and every other fucking thing is required to have double wall pipe now but these pipelines yeah no that's okay they're 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 good people they there's they won't have a problem
0: have you ever seen the movie there will be blood <laughs> yes very insightful to how the oil industry got started.
1: That is an eye-opening film um
0: yeah, actually for that.
1: Um, uh-huh. you know it uh, but uh, you've never seen it, Jeannie? No, I haven't. Wow well I I, don't, I, I don't just wrote it saying. down. I don't know why I'm surprised it, it took you 20 years to see Fight Club. <laughs>
5: yeah. They're, they're good I gotta tell you, you know, I get the most grief about not watching Fight Club and The Princess Bride. Those are the two movies in all of history that I, that I have had people go, I can't believe you haven't seen that.
0: You mean to tell me you've never found the six-fingered man?
5: Um, I have now because I questioned BSP once about you know, um, dream of large women. And I was like, why the fuck do you say that all the time? And boy, did I catch out.
0: I you my father, to die.
1: You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that had to do a lot with, uh, I saw that meme over and over and over again when it came to certain things that Obama was saying.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Well, I mean, it's true. And I kind of wish people would step back from their party positions and look at what their politicians are doing. Look at the shit Barbara Boxer is good with. Look at the shit that fucking cunt Diane Feinstein is good with and All the Democrats elected her back in as their representative. I can't, there's no part of me that imagines that, okay, I think, I think if you want to talk about the two people who I think are Democrats that actually might give a shit about their constituents, one is Bernie Sanders. Right. And the other one is probably Senator Elizabeth Warren. I think everybody else is out to get theirs. And I think the Democrats have stopped being the Workers' Party for a really long time now. If you look at the things they propose and they've gotten behind, they've done some good things that have gotten some press, but a lot of the shit they've done lately has just been screwing you if you're a worker. You've really need to step back and look at this stuff. And people don't want to hear that. I don't blame them. It's easy to... It's not that it's easy, but it's... You're in a comfortable spot. For a long time, I was very comfortable being a libertarian. And then, you know... I I don't give a fuck that Gary Johnson didn't know where the fuck Aleppo was. That doesn't matter fuck all to me. What mattered to me is that here is a man who, the first time he ran ran with a person who wanted to basically shut down the DEA, stop this criminal over-sentencing of people with small amounts of drugs, and, and shut down the war on drugs. Judge Jim Gray was the most libertarian vice presidential candidate I ever saw in my life. I loved him. I still love him. I think he is wonderful. Um, and then he goes and picks this asshole who wants to strip people of their gun rights you can't tell me if Gary Johnson got elected that he would last a day without getting assassinated for some of the things he wanted to pass as policy I couldn't in good conscience vote for him I had to
5: look at things and I didn't
1: hey, like any of
0: the <laughs> maybe
5: <laughs> oh, but then Jan's teleporter buddy would be a um, billionaire.
0: Jeez. I haven't heard about that in a while. <laughs>
5: God. That fucking guy.
1: <laughs> and poor Karen. She's sitting there. She's like, ah, oh, yeah. Well, it was great talking to you, but the show's over, so we have to go now. I was just stunned. I'm like, oh my God, people are going to remember this forever.
0: You can always go back, you know, teleport back and continue talking with us and yourself.
5: And Jan's over there thinking, fuck you too, Jeannie. <laughs> I can't believe you did that to me, Jeannie.
1: <laughs> I guess it's obvious we're probably not even really going to touch this stuff, but this is good. I think it's
5: good to just
1: get away from the horrible shit in the news. Oh, although, oh, although... I
5: need a link to the show notes, by the way.
1: You had them from last week I didn't do a do show.
5: Oh, that's right. You had, a, you had a migraine.
3: I did.
1: I did. Um, but we've kind of taken the notes and sort of tossed them in the
0: trash. Um, which As is that happens when I'm on.
5: Well, well, or when I'm here. I gave her a lot of Ooshinies, Jeremy. Lots and lots and lots of Ooshinies. <laughs> um, but Stand- Standing Rock has been, has been a, a bee in my bonnet for quite some time. God damn, that sounded ancient. I just turned 142 years old, folks. (laughs) Um, But I mean, it just, I just am really surprised. I'm glad. Believe me. I am absolutely thrilled that there's been a stay of execution. And that's what I'm referring to it as, is a stay of execution. Um, Doesn't mean they're not going down. It just means they're not going down right now. Um, But, you know, the fact that 2000 military veterans showed up there to help these people protest to make sure that these people were safe to make sure that they had some people there to give them a break so that they could go get warm and stay warm um says an awful lot and it, I really wish more people were paying attention. Um, And I still see to this day people going, oh, and they put up that stupid fucking pipeline graphic going, oh, which pipeline are you opposed to? Well, you know what, folks? I'm opposed to every fucking one that leaks. I'm opposed to every one that is contaminating water. Water is the one thing you cannot live for more than two days without. And... And people just don't. Oh, you! Oh, you're against the pipeline. What? You you gonna drive a Prius? Shut up! Don't be ignorant. This this is bigger than an Indian reservation getting fucked over. I mean, everybody stood around and watched that happen for what two hundred years now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was well before or after we handed out the blankets with smallpox. I'm just wondering.
5: (laughs) Oh, it started before that. That that was one of them, but it did start prior to that. Yes. Go ahead, Jeremy.
0: Um. Yeah. The that's one of the reasons why I got into my field of business is yes, I do benefit from the oil industry, but no, it's not in the way that you think. Um. You know. Again, we we the whole purpose of our jobs is to go out and try and prevent these things and a lot of the a lot of the issues come down to the fact that many refineries base their inspection schedules on the amount of product they they produce and when they lower output they are entitled to reschedule their, you know, uh, their mandatory inspections for a later date, which is something that we need to get under control. That is definitely an issue that it needs to be a set schedule, regardless of how much you you produce. If you produce X, then that it's this. If you produce more than this, if you up your production, then it needs to be sooner. Um, A lot of these tanks that we go out and inspect yeah I mean they've got a hundred year average life but are they going to last a 100 years oh hell no you might get 25 30 years out of it it's it's crazy but that's again that's one reason why companies are not allowed to do their own inspections is because it's very easy for them to go oh yeah Here's the report. Did you go out and look at that? Yeah, I sure did. And nobody went and looked at anything. But the reason pipelines leak is because it's a rigid structure that has very little give. And it spans thousands upon thousands of miles of different climates, shifting land masses. And things crack, things break. People dig. They bump into shit. You know, inspections don't get done properly. Cracks are present and, you know, somebody missed it. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's, you know, like I said, a, a lot of Hi. government
3: agencies- Hi. A lot my of
1: government a lot of a lot government, government agencies agency. are illegal, yeah. but and I said this earlier, but before we even came on the air, I'm good with like just burning this whole thing down. Just let it burn to the ground and go without nothing. But I know I'm a decent human being. Um, I know the rest of the world is probably not populated by decent human beings. So you've got to have something standing between that and you, um, I would hope it would be something ethical, um, but lately, more often than not, it's less ethical and very bad for the environment. And there has to be some way to balance that. You know, um, it's like the old argument of people in africa can't have air conditioning because people in north america have air conditioning and the planet will blow up without it that's that's unethical i mean in its simplest terms it's unethical to say people cannot have as much as they can have um and they have to have less so that other people can have more but there's no easy way around that i guess I don't know. Sorry, I got really deep. I didn't mean to.
0: It's a sick, twisted system, no doubt. Yeah.
1: It's it's uh it's the only one we got, and if we don't like it, we can move to Somalia. So I keep getting told.
5: I'll I'll stay out here in the country. Well, I, I keep telling people there are roads in
1: Somalia, though you know
5: and that's something people don't get um do i live out in the sticks well sorta and that's all i can say is sorta um <laughs> it it took 10 minutes to get to or 12 minutes to get from here to uh the doctor's office which is which by the way is across the street from the hospital uh, because we have one of those here with a helipad um but people here are still country. Um, they really are. You are not going to go to an estate sale or a yard sale or anything like that and find canning jars. Um, why? Because somebody in that family snatched them motherfuckers up as soon as they possibly could. They are a commodity here. Um, Do you see that picture I posted about the, the 1950s picture? about um this used to be a way of life now it's called prepping Mm -hmm. it's not called prepping here it's called being smart um people down here can they preserve what they grow they preserve what they have an abundance of they they trade things back and forth with their neighbors you know i mean like i said we haven't bought hay since we moved down here we take uh, four of the different neighbors. We take them all eggs. Um, you know, when we have an abundance of eggs, we take them and we give them to the neighbors. One neighbor gives us this wonderful spring water that he has got a well, and it's the it's the best water. It's fantastic. But he, he sends us over gallons and gallons of water. Um, we have a neighbor that uh, shared, shares... The I didn't get a garden planted outside this year. He was sharing stuff out of his garden. Um, he sent me over a five gallon bucket of green peppers um, before we got our first heavy frost here because you know he just had more than he knew what to do with. Um, we have another one that you know. Oh, here you know we we took one of the hogs to the to the butcher and here take some sausage here. To I mean, but that's just the way people are here. You know they share their extra. And put up for their family so that it's there and they have it. And they don't have to go to the store and buy it. Um, so, you know, come come the apocalypse or come the collapse of, of modern society, if I was to go there, um, people around here would be just fucking fine.
1: Yep. And yet, guess what
5: the government says about you? We're we're Jean, backwoods Jean. rednecks. No,
4: Jeannie, says... look look on the bright side, right? I mean, <laughs> you get people giving you stick for living in the middle of nowhere, but you don't. My cousin and his family they live in the middle of nowhere. If they want to see a human face that doesn't belong to somebody who lives with them, it's at least a four-hour drive. because um, Australia. <laughs> mm. Now, yeah, if you if you want to see isolated, look look at look at Western Australia. Very very tiny population, farms the size of. Well, countries basically. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. They, they have they do canning and grow their own food and all sorts of things, because they have to. Because you know. It, just to go to the shops as a day, you know. mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I. That's the one place I wouldn't want to live in Australia, um, and mostly because of I don't know how many people are aware of. I'm assuming you know about their 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 gun laws there. Yeah. Okay. That's not the worst bit of it. Um, lately. They've been going really soft on armed criminals coming into people's homes and, and doing God knows what to people. And these people are out within 24 hours on bail. And if the homeowner were trying to defend themselves, with say a baseball bat, a rock, a brick gun, they would be going to jail for two to four years. So Australia is a really massively screwed up place. Yeah. I know it was a penal colony, but jeez,
4: come on! Well, they're they're almost out of water, so yeah, I think it's driv- driving them crazy. I, I've got a, a fairly well a guy I know quite well who got recruited to work uh, trying to develop solutions to their water problem. <laughs> Moved off down there a couple of years ago. Um, Because, yeah, literally, they they do not have enough water. They reckon, for the population they've got, they're probably going to run out somewhere around the next ten years. Literally, there'll be no water in the aquifers.
1: Did you ever see the movie The Only Lovers Left Alive? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember at the end where they finally run out of the last clean blood? And he turns and looks at her and says, are they fighting wars for water yet? And she said no, and he he laughs and says, well, we know that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be the next commodity. If you ever wanted to invest in anything that's worth fuck anything, invest in water. Because water rights in this country are so fucked up, you can buy them for a song. And when the water starts running low, you can make millions of
0: dollars.
4: Um, well, I mean, maybe... some 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 mainstream films have been quite predictive on this. Uh, mm-hmm. The Mad Max series.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: What was there? There, there. Everybody remembers the violence, the weirdness. Yeah. But society had broken down because of the fossil fuel had run out and the water had dried up. Well, it was set in Australia, so yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was predicting what was to come, basically.
1: Yeah. Well, the water water rights, if you can get your hands on them, are better than gold at this point, as far as investment goes. And everybody knows I like fucking money, right? Um, so yeah, if you can lay your hands on water rights and buy them and store them, we'll make money like you can't believe in the next 20 years or so if things keep going the way they are just and here's the thing um, the climate's changing i don't think there's anybody who can make an argument that it's not uh the only argument to make now is whether it's cyclic right whether this is a cyclic change we've we've not seen before like um when they went back through weather records they found like the mini ice age no, but, no yeah, one had
5: talked about that until the mid '80s. Go ahead. But okay, and why I would lean towards the the cyclic is when they're taking these core samples, you know, they're going down 200 feet and taking core samples, and 175 feet down, they're coming across peat moss. Mm-hmm. Well, how the fuck did? Peat moss get 175 feet down unless that ice at some point was 175 feet thinner.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know it, it, it's not, but I mean, there's also very. You can back me up on this. What happens when the magnetic poles get really weak?
4: Uh, we all get cooked alive. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it, but it's not just that. Once the magnetic poles start shifting we start
4: shifting oh well the, the um, there's one theory that the earth has at least once in its history turned shifted. right over <laughs> the poles used to be the opposite way around oh, my
1: chair, um yeah because
4: yeah fluctuating magnetic fields uh the earth the earth's rotation speed uh axis tilt and everything has wildly changed over mm-hmm. um Galactic history, shall we say? You can't say yeah, normal yeah, history. I mean, <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that's when we would have been like Pangea, basically. Yeah. Um, God, why do I think I'm boring everybody to death? But, um, uh, yeah, no, and I understand why you say it's like, like and I believe you, but I'm just saying um, water is going to be an issue in the future. And I'm not the only one who thinks that.
0: Well, yeah, you had Nestle that was bottling you know, millions upon millions of gallons of water every day right in the middle of a drought, and they were selling it. Yep. yep.
1: And that was because they secured the water rights to do so. Now, how—and I will tell you, as bad as Nestle is in California, what is even worse for their environment, and no one will tell you this— is the almond farmers. They use far more water than Nestle ever took, and no one says shit about them because everybody still wants their almonds. Now, unfortunately, we've specialized where we grow things. Things don't, you know, grow normally where they used to, or people don't want to specialize like Genie does for making hard to grow things work for you and make them grow so we don't we're completely dependent as a society and i see it i work in a fucking grocery store the grocery store is like got ridiculous amounts of everything as a society we're completely dependent upon what these farming conglomerates can bring us for food and Even if it costs us, you know, entire counties being able to live someplace, we're never going to stop that unless there's a a really good reason not to. And I I don't, in the current climate that we're in, I don't see that happening. So there's a good side to having a pro-business president and a bad side and, you know, The water thing is, is definitely going to be an issue here too. You you see it in California and there's pictures they don't show you so much. And I've seen a few of them and they're, they're quite disturbing from satellite images from space um, of just, you know, the great redwood trees, how many of them have died. So they really have a water problem in California and, you know, um, it might behoove them to look at what their almond farmers are actually using. Just saying. Throwing that out there. Little information that stored in my head for no fucking reason.
4: You know you're you know, they're free to come over and take some of the water from where I live. Possibly possibly about the only wettest countries in the world or like in Southeast Asia, you know.
5: Duro, factory farming does not have to exist. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, but if you didn't have 7 million people stuffed in a space only big enough for 500,000 people, you wouldn't need factory farms. I'm not trying to say that we need to limit um, population growth. Um, All I'm saying is... people should seriously think about the population on this planet and how much it can hold before they have children um, and not just start spitting out kids. But, you know, it, <laughs> and it strikes me as is hysterically funny that most of the people that are fully in support of factory farming are the people that don't know where their food comes from. Um, the ones that make comments like, "I don't know why you have to butcher your rabbits. Why can't you just go to the store and buy meat where where no animals are harmed?" <laughs> um, and Daryl, and, and I'm not saying that you're you're ignorant like that. I'm not. But I what I am saying is, you should be able to know how to take care of your own. Um, factory farming as it exists today is. An abhorrent thing. It is it is vile, it is disgusting, and if you saw the conditions in which your food was being produced, I don't know if you would fucking eat it.
4: Oh, and it's destroying the ecology of anywhere it's done. So yeah.
1: You know, here's the thing. If you wanna make it a society where factory farming doesn't exist, then you would have to a break up the conglomerates, which I don't I don't see happening anytime soon. And B, economic conditions would have to get so bad that people would be forced to grow their own food. And uh, we're well on the way to number two.
3: Huh.
1: I don't know about number one. <laughs> um, it was a normal thing for people to have, like, just a small patch. Or if you lived in an apartment, you know, a, a little tomato plant or, or whatever. And that was completely normal. Uh, at one point growing up, on the farm meat was just like a garnish you know what i mean that wasn't like the main portion of the meal like it is today um if you want people to do that you have to make it ungodly expensive and the u.n already wants to do that and one thing i know from my life experience is that anything the u.n wants to do i'm completely against <laughs> um at least in in more than theory because what they want to do is to limit human freedom. I am totally against that. We have 15 minutes left. I don't think we're going to hit any of the other stories tonight, you guys. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, That was a happy note, huh?
5: (laughs) I showed up and put the whole fucking show in the tank.
1: Well, well, you, know, you know, if you're a vegetarian, you're actually worse. You're actually worse for the planet. And I eat mostly vegetable protein, and I can tell you, you are worse for the planet than if you were an omnivore.
4: Yeah, cause hu- humans eat less less meat and more vegetables. They take take over from the cows as the methane production facility.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it's not just that. It's how much, I mean, it's how much actual vegetable protein is required for you to get the same protein that you get from meat. Now, you are more devastating to the planet if you're not a meat eater.
4: Plus the fact the way they've done the intensive farming on vegetables... They are. They have approximately fifty percent of the nutrients in them that they used to have in the early nineteen hundreds. So you now have to eat twice as much of them to get the same. Yeah. brilliant.
1: Well, you know, much of the food we have, we waste. Um, eat your regulations on how a fucking banana should look for God's sake, really.
0: Oh, and we're about to run out of bananas.
2: They're yeah, about to yeah. go,
0: uh, like, They're dying. I read a story where it said that what, we think, of, what we think of as bananas in, uh, like, banana-flavored candy, mm-hmm. that that's the way that real bananas actually taste. But we're eating a, a species of banana that brought a, was brought about and engineered in a laboratory, the Cavendish banana, to replace the uh, uh, a French banana that got susceptible to some kind of uh, some kind of fungus, and it wiped out all of the bananas all over the world. And, well, I mean, the, and every single banana you eat is a clone of the; mm-hmm. they're genetically identical to every that's other banana that's ever on the market. Yep. Yes, and they they that are, pretty they are. yeah, and that pretty soon we're we're about to see a super bug among the bananas and we're either going to have to engineer another banana or we're going to lose bananas
1: but i mean it's not just that has anybody noticed the price of chocolate
0: not lately has it gone up significantly
1: yes oh i i know because i look at the pricing for this when i'm stocking it yes i know what the price per ounce used to be what it is yeah um it's getting to the point where we can't produce enough cacao just cacos basically produced in like south america africa those kinds of places they they don't have good enough farming techniques there africa was like the fertile crescent of
0: the world
1: and they now no longer have farming techniques to produce the cocoa the caco that we eat I mean, and vanilla beans, and I know this because I grow them, they're losing a lot of their potency every year. They're less and less potent. So you could take in where five years ago, you could take five or six vanilla beans and throw them in. I like to make my vanilla extract (laughs) from not everybody does, but I'm in the tropics. Let's go with it. Right. With a with a white rum. And most people do it with a really cheap vodka. And you used to be able to do it with five or six beans. And it would be great. You'd have this amazing flavorful stuff and everything would taste and smell wonderful. It's not like that anymore. What used to take five is now taking 25. Coffee beans, they're slowly going extinct. Um, If you want some really good advice, if you can grow vanilla and coffee and cocoa bean, you should do it. Because they're going to be very expensive at some point in the near future, and they're going to be beyond luxury items, especially if the monetary system keeps going the way it is.
4: Yeah, I mean it's um, it's not going to be too long because I've looked at some of this stuff, not as yeah. detailed as you, but vanilla is a good one because literally. They reckon quite soon the only place that's going to have decent vanilla will be Madagascar. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why you're starting to see that more in products. Madagascan vanilla. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah, it's because their stuff still grows really nicely because it's a very fertile island. Yep. (laughs) And there's not a lot of people live there. So, yeah.
5: Did did you see what Cuba's going to start importing into the U.S. now? Their anti-cancer vaccine, please, please, please. No, honey. Organic honey. And you want to know how it ended up being organic? Political (laughs) sanctions from the U.S. and the collapse of (laughs) Russia. Um, They had, for a very long time, had to buy all of their pesticides from Russia. And, um, well, that went by the wayside, as we all know and they couldn't get any pesticides um, because the only other major uh, manufacturer of them was the United States. And of course we wouldn't sell them anything. Um, So they went without them for a very long time. And now by all international standards, their honey, which they are a pretty good producer of, um, not one of the big guys, not like China. Um, Yes, folks, you could be eating honey from China. Look into it, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Um, but so now, um, they are technically an organic honey producer and for what that shit goes for by the pound, um, it could help them immensely.
1: You say it could help them. I'm, I stuck a link in our chat and I'm going to stick a link in the, the chat for the show. Um, this is probably the last thing. We're going to be able to say, because we're probably going to get cut off soon. This article is well worth reading. Um, it talks about life actually is like for Cubans in the areas you don't see. No, we have eight minutes left. Um, they have a maximum amount of money they can make. Cubans can make 67 cents per day if they work in Cuba. If you are a doctor, you make $10 a month more. So you make $30 a month. Your chambermaid in one of the large hotels. If you're a waitress or a waiter, you make up to $600 a month, which makes you one of the wealthiest people on the island of Cuba. So, if you ever wondered why they were bundling together rafts made out of junk and crap, it's because drowning was probably far superior to the lifestyle they were leading. Um, all the good stuff goes to the tourists. All the crap get spread around to everybody else they've never been able to entirely outlaw the dollar like they wanted to i i I am so sick of hearing people stick up for castro he gave them free medicine read that fucking article about what it's like to go to the goddamn hospital there you have to bring your own sheets when you go to the hospital there you have to bring your own bandages they don't have iodine there you have to bring that and if you have some you bought it on the black fucking market um that is one really screwed up place. It, it, it really is not, that was not a good system. And I'm so sick of hearing people say that, well, Castro gave the people free education. Free education is great. But if you saw the conditions these people live in, you might rethink that. You might rethink a lot of your positions. And a lot of this stuff is why I say there has to be a mixed system. There has to be. We cannot not have a mixed system. Which means for having a middle class anywhere, the government has to subsidize some stuff. But there's still a capitalist system there. I think, looking at the way capitalism has been fucked up here, with probably some major controls placed on it, at least on the banking sector. And that probably makes me sound like the least left-leaning anarchist you've ever met and yet I am so there's that so yeah um, I know a lot of people being in Florida who escaped Castro's Cuba and it was not the nice place that you hear about that's about all I have to say about that so yay and you're right yeah. you're right Jeannie, the economic sanctions are one of the things that really led to a lot of their problems there. When we sanctioned them, Russia used to give them money. Russia cut them off after the collapse of the wall, and that's when things really started getting bad there. So,
3: yeah.
5: Um, uh, Yeah, but Castro fucked that country up ultimately castro. you know I, you I really che- didn't have a lot of choice there jan i mean castro was a scary scary baby.
1: castro was bad che guevara was worse you know I, I i'm so sick of seeing these fucking people walking around with the che guevara shirt and i just want to fucking smack them and go you like peep you like a man Whose favorite thing to do was murder eight-year-old children
5: um i i have a friend i have a friend um ironically that lives in cuba new york um that uh, he and his wife were sent here as teenagers um and stayed here as political exiles um and i said why the fuck do you live in cuba new york he said because oh, it's the only thing i could spell um <laughs> But, I mean, he was never allowed to go back and and see his family, you know? I mean, and and that's crazy and fucked up. But he said, you know, as much as people bitch about the United States, I don't care how fucked up this country is or how fucked up it can get to be. It is still so much better than where I came from.
1: You don't know how bad Cuba is. And I'm so sick. I have so many friends that are ologist for castro and i don't understand it yes they had 100 percent literacy rates in cuba That's fantastic it's amazing and it was enforced because the people had nothing and the government had their food um that's that's a problem that's a government way too far out of control and it's something i never want to see here as bad as it could get like your friend said It is my sincere belief it never, and my sincere hope that it never gets to be as bad as Cuba was. Is. And I don't know what it'll be like with Fidel's brother taking over, but likely communism, the way they have it there, not communism done right, like you see in Star Trek, um, will never happen until there are no Castros left. And maybe that's something to wish for the day that there are no castros left. I wish them freedom. I wish them prosperity and peace and happiness and no more oppression. Two minutes. Does anybody have parting thoughts?
0: I had a blast.
1: (laughs) I had a pretty good time too. It was nice not going by all the... Although I did have fun reading Glenn Greenwald slapping the shit out of the mass media. That was fun for me.
0: But I had a good time. All I can say is I I hope and I pray that uh, uh, Trey Gowdy gets appointed as Attorney General.
1: Well He definitely could not be worse than... In in a lot of ways, some of the ones we've had in the past. I'm not naming names because we've had some worse than the one who left office recently. I'm just saying, we've had some real shits for Attorney General.
5: Jeannie, parting thoughts? None. I'm hungry. How about that? Jeannie's hungry.
1: And she's going to go eat from her bountiful garden. very parting thoughts
4: yeah. look after each other
1: I like that be kind to one another we're all the same people and I guess that's it for this evening uh, no ad no horrible Muppets thing because I actually had fun tonight so we will, I, I don't know who will see you next week I will see you next week very will see you next week and I should be here. Jeannie should be here. I don't know if Jeremy wants to come back, but yeah. more than happy yeah. to have him. Yeah, sure. And, and, okay, and and Alex. So it'll be the same lineup next week. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. This is you <laughs>